When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 531. Got a special guest, returning guest to the show to uh, talk a little early draft season and much, much more. You can find him on Twitter at Deadpool Hitter and a host of the great, great, great Pool Hitter podcast, my good friend Rob DPH. How are we doing, my friend? I'm doing good, Bubba. Merry Christmas. Um, I like this uh, annual time. You usually have me on in the cold winter months to close out the season and the year. And I'm glad to be back and um, glad to be listening to all the content that you're doing, as you always do. You had some wonderful guests recently, always. And, um, you know, I uh, I respect it. And, you know, you're giving, you're giving the community a lot right now during draft season when there's not really a lot out there. So it's awesome. I'm I out. appreciate it. You're in my ear every day, basically, with the dogs outside, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate every it. Every morning uh, it pops up. And I'm like, Bubba did another one. What, <laughs> what a beast. <laughs> yeah, same goes for you, man. You've been busting the burning that candle at both ends, too. It's good to see you. Good to see you hopping back in. And you get a lot of great guests that you know most people haven't heard of because half of them don't even have Twitter. So yeah. it's a it's a beautiful <laughs> thing. So you you go and get those NFBC vets that like to hide and they start sharing secrets with you. <laughs> so you're like the you're like the, the Howard Stern of the NFBC world. You just go get these guys and talk to them for a while, get the secrets, right. have all kinds of fun. But uh, it's the chase too. It's not easy, you know. It's not right. a quick DM on Twitter. It's it it's um, emailing Greg and Greg's like, yeah, I think you know. Uh, I might have a contact, you know, and it's, uh, <laughs> you know, you're asking around and, and, uh, and yeah, all of a sudden they pop out of nowhere and uh, it's good. You know, I enjoy, um, and I, I get the best feedback from those. Honestly, yeah. I get, you know, people that DM me like, Oh, who is this person? That was, that was wonderful. It was such, it was so refreshing to hear a new voice and something different, you know, um, than us meatballs over and over talking everyone's yeah. ear out. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. That's uh, that's why I, I like it. it's refreshing. I, I really, really I enjoy all your pods, but I really enjoy those guys because I'm not the biggest uh, high stakes NFC player. So it's fun to listen to these guys that are so amazing at what they do and the way their brains think. I'm really looking forward to listening to the one that you dropped. I believe it was this morning or last night. Um, this morning, yeah. This morning, that's gonna be freaking. That's like I think next up in my queue actually. So when I drive to, to run errands tomorrow, that will be happening. So I'm looking forward to that one. 
quite a bit. Should be a blast because auctions intrigue me in a big, big way. I just mm-hmm. haven't been like in them enough to feel comfortable enough. Where like you've done them and are very good at them, and obviously your guest was phenomenal at them because he's like dominated five of the last six years. So crazy, yeah, a lot to be said about that. A lot to be said about that. Yeah, and you know my home keeper league and my first auction, uh, my first roto league ever was is auction. Uh, but they all had a keeper component. So it's different, you know, because with that, then you're dealing with inflation and you just, you know, it's a very like, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of studs are going for really cheap prices. So you have to just, and that's its own strategy in itself, but I like the straight auctions. I've done a couple of the one fifties and yeah, I feel, I feel comfortable enough to try to bump it up this year and um, do, do one that's a little more competitive and, uh, more at stake but um it's fun it's fun it's really it's really a whole nother side to the game that's really just uh, a great great thing to try to solve you know it's um it's not waiting around for your snake pick it's it's putting that whole picture you know piece by piece and it's uh you can go any route you want that's the beauty of it i think that's the draw that a lot of people you know, uh, even though it's, you know, I remember like getting new players into my league and tell them, oh, I never played an auction league. Is it fun? I was like, yeah, if you want Mike Trout and Clayton Short, you know, you just get him. And he's like, oh, okay. But once you tell people that they get into the league and they do exactly yeah. that, they just bid on the highest guys. They uh, so overbid on them usually the first time. Yep. So. But that, but that's the funny, like you said, if you want to go stars and scrubs, if you want to go balance, because like some guys like, hey, I love the middle of the draft right now. Well, you can do that. You can get like half the middle of the draft if, if you like it. And it's just, it's so many different ways to uh, to make it happen, which is fun. And I need to get going in that a little more, uh, hopefully sooner than later. Um, yeah, like last year, like during draft champions and snake drafts, every time it came to a certain group of pitchers, like I think it was Cease, Gausman, Musgrove, they were all in the same ADP. And I was like, man, like, I would love to have all three of these guys. And that's what I did in my auction. Spent 20, 22 bucks on each one of those guys instead of spending 40. forty. Yeah, (laughs) it did. It did. It did work out well. I won that league. But um, that's what I love about it. Like, just just your random thoughts as you're drafting for a snake draft can breed, like, a whole strategy for an auction. Like, that came from me always going in the draft like could i diversify i don't mind any one of these guys i'd want all three of them and i'm like huh maybe this should be my auction strategy you know (laughs) so it's uh it was good yeah i'm just gonna tell listeners now we're gonna hop all over the place like we have an outline (laughs) but it's gonna go all over and i love it that's one reason i love talking to rob is we literally spent a half an hour talking about baseball cards before the show even started like we, (laughs) we we could talk about anything and i want to ask you more about this auctioning now now that you're kind of talking about it um, when you're, when you're doing your auctioning, are you doing like, you know, rotowire auction value, you go to fan graph auction values. I know you have your spreadsheets that you and the, we'll talk about the, uh, I call that the chat of genius fantasy players, but you guys probably have a cool <laughs> name for it. I like, I'm a very sarcastic person. So I knew you'd get a laugh when you saw it. Um, it's just like, you have all your guys. And when you're at the chat, I'm referring to, you got Phil, who's one of the best computer minds on the planet. Same with Steve and Toby's very good on the, the excels and you're great. You've been talking about, I just listened to you over the last, since you started your podcast, how you've developed your spreadsheets from when you started your podcast into now. So like you're learning all those things as well. And um, so do you have like your own stuff? Are you incorporating other things? Because I think that's one 
one of the things when people talk about coming to an auction, you have your quote unquote values. How do you right. go about getting your values? I, so I'll, I'll look at the AAV, which is the, the, the brother or sister of ADP, the average auction value. Um, so if you're the brains, you make get all the bargains. <laughs> if you're the, and the, the that, that's what we're talking about. AAV folks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And I'll just, I'll, I'll have my SGP sheet with my other rankings inside of it. My Babs and my Mayberry method. I like to incorporate like, you know, th all three of those kind of components. Yeah. And I'll have mostly the SGP will spit out a dollar value for me. And, um, you know, I'll use that. I'll try to make the math work to make it equal to what the AAV is. And, uh, you know, just, Take the values. Uh, start start with guys that I see immediately being a big difference. Um, and you know, I think a lot of people use ADP. Also, they'll have like a way to make ADP into a dollar value. I think I think I've read that in in some books or some articles as well as a way to do that. And um, yeah, that's that's where I'll get. That's where I'll try to find my values from. And I think it's important to just know. Last year, you know, like I was saying, I knew how I wanted my pitching done. I knew I wanted depth through pitching and not have to stream much. And I had a couple of like, you know, two to five dollar guys that I knew I definitely wanted. Um, didn't end up getting them because they went for a little bit more than I had put aside for them for. But that's also a part of my game I have to be better at is being more more fluid, too, you know, too rigid, too stiff. And uh, you you, you got to be able to go on the fly and, you know, uh, take what the draft is giving you. And, uh, you know, it's big. You, gotta, you really got to pay attention to everything um, that's going on in the draft because there's, there's, there's times I've been in drafts. I'm like, this guy's only going this much. Maybe it's just this guy. And then it's another guy. And that's when you really have to pounce, too, if you're the next guy to call up and you saw that th two relievers just went cheap, you know, you got to like keep that going because like it could be another point in the draft when everyone has needs of relievers and they'll go higher and it's a lesser guy, you know? So I just love all that stuff, man. It's there's so much to think about and there could be points in the draft where you catch yourself like shit, <laughs> you know, I get, yep. I miss this or I miss this run or I just fucked that up and it's not, it's not fun. You know, <laughs> and that, yeah, that's why that's part of the beauty of the auction, like you're saying. Uh, you, you can kind of fix things as long as you didn't really screw it up. Uh, throughout the draft, you might have to pay a little more at certain times, but that's just like you say, adjusting and being more fluid with the system and getting what you want because, like, you are looking like you mentioned your SGPs, your values, like, you know, a, a set of, I guess, statistics you're trying to hit along the way, uh, in your end game of your roster, uh, along throughout your drafting period. At the same time, I was wondering because, uh, you know, you hear a lot of these guys say they're using X percentage on pitching, X percentage on hitting. Do you usually go in with a pretty strict, like, percentage base? Or is it, again, hey, how the draft flows, how I get to my numbers, I get to my numbers. I'm not, like, super strict on that. Or do you have a pretty, like, set-in-stone plan of when you're going to the draft? Um, I, I, I like to have a general range of where I want to be. Um but I won't take, I'll make myself be able to flex, you know, maybe eight, eight to 10 up and down. If again, if it's a different value or if, you know, like if 
if you set aside more for pitching, but it, it's going more money than you thought, you know, you can't force it and just start overpaying for certain people. So I think it's important to be able to know how to, you know, switch out of that. But yeah, I, last year I was like at a 60, 40, maybe 61, 49 hitting pitching. Um, I'm sure I might even bump it up a little more. I'm not sure yet. I haven't really dove into the, my auction prep yet. It's going to come pretty soon. I'm going to start really. I, th- I think is like I had my guest on yesterday who's just auction whiz. And, you know, he's listening to him talk about how spending more time on where, you know, like where you knowing where you're going to go with certain stats. It's like it, it, it totally kind of makes it more important and diving so deep into players, you know, and it's, it's just like just knowing the math and knowing the, the angles to get to that range where you, you know, you're comfortable and it's it's good, good to know who are going to give those stats, but you have to know that attack, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And that kind of brings me to a roundabout way. How many gladiators have you done? Are you one of the guys that done a million of them? Like you, you're one of the guys that's done quite a few. Because it's, were, it's were, been a while. Were you in the the original group with Gialdi and Dupont and all them that, that did this? I was. You? Okay, that's what yes. I thought. So I how was. many have you done? I've done twelve. That's it. You under? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Because yeah. all the, <laughs> some of those guys, my goodness, it's it's glorious. I was talking to Gialdi yeah. the other night as we did a live gladiator draft, and um, I think that was his twenty third. And he had like three more signed up or something, something crazy like that. Um, That's too much. It's wild. <laughs> but I, I think I told him and I told others, I'm glad you guys put it together. I can't wait to see what the end game looks like to see, quote unquote, what strategy was best. Because besides, hey, you stayed healthy the most. Like that's yeah, kind of where, right? where most of it goes. But uh, there'll be some strategy that probably came into play. But um with with gladiators and then like that's a whole different draft strategy and we've beaten that to death on this show between uh, and those drafts are pretty much done so i don't want to like go too crazy into that i'm in the last one the last on the the 15th yeah yeah i'm 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 gonna be out of town i'm driving home from somewhere so i'm like i was gonna sign up i'm like god no i can't unfortunately but um so you got you got those going we just mentioned your auction strategy we know you're a dc king which we'll talk about here in a bit and then you're going to start doing like your 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 mains or whatever mm. roto drafts. How do you and you and you kind of mentioned it there with your with your auction? I get to work on your strategy for that. How do you differ your strategy so much? Because there are different strategies for each format. So how do you go about it when you get new draft season? Do you do just one type at a time, or are you kind of fluid with it all? Like how what's your process? So last year I did like. I did some DCs and then I blended some DC with, with 50s. Um, and it was, I did a couple of early 50s and then um, more close to fab season, a couple of 50s there. And I wanted that to prep me for the OCs, the, the online championship, 12 teams, you know. And because I felt like the main of, you know, like the draft champions helped me for main events and other 15 team leagues. So, and the 50s did help me um, with the OCs. So that was kind of my strategy there. Um, and also once once they have the Express DCs, 
uh, doing off, you know, all 50 rounds in one night. Um, I usually try to get in a couple of those. Um, I think it's a big advantage if you feel comfortable. Like, if you feel comfortable enough um, to make – because I think, you know, even up to pick, like, 200, you can make picks in a minute. Mm -hmm. But then, like, at five, 600, um, if you don't know that part of the pool, it's it's, it's stressful. Um, And – I mean, I feel like I have a good knowledge of the pool, but the ones I've been in, even when, you know, it's, it's a long draft, you know, you're sitting there and you're making 50 picks and at some point, um, you know, your brain starts melting. And so if you don't kind of know where you want to go, it could be, it could be overwhelming. So I'll try to do a couple of the fast ones, um, you know, toward the beginning of the season that also will help me with the pace of like a main event or, you know, like anything that's a fast clock, and it's interesting because I think the gladiators have helped. Um, well, it hurt because I I paused DCs just to do these. And when I got back into it, I didn't know <laughs> a lot of the, you know, the, the back end of the player pool. Um, yeah. But, you know, you can kind of get back into it quickly. But, um, but I think it, 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 it like oddly gave me some semblance of how I wanted to do a, you know, a fab team, you know, like I have my starters and a lot of your bench in 15 teams is, is going to be, you know, streamed and recycled and moved around. So it's an odd, like usually we prep for our fab seat, you know, fab fast drafts uh, closer to the start of the season. And actually this I felt like it came early, you know, like knowing yeah. obviously the player pool is going to change. It's going to be different guys that get up and down, but um, yeah, it given me also too like stat wise, just trying to, you know, like I'll look at the projected stats of my team and just kind of see how that far that was from the 80th percentile in fab leagues last year and just, kind of understand like maybe I'll look at my in it and then I looked at my fab stats from last year like how many stats I got from fab and just trying to get like a gauge of if my teams have any shot of being good or what the stat like because we don't know like you mentioned we don't know what there's no historicals for this format so um it's it's gonna be great it's it's gonna be great to see it played out because uh, there might just be a team that's so different and so mm-hmm. contrarian, and we're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I, I thought about this strategy, but yeah, I didn't do of course. it." You know, of course, been... <laughs> of course, of course. No, that's that's the beauty of it. Like we're like I was talking with Gialdi and some others. It's like we all have our ideas. You know, seven pitch pitchers, two closers, or double, all these different ideas. Take closers early. Don't take them early. Do this early. All these different theories. And in reality, none of us know. None of us know the right. answer. We have ideas. Right. We have ideas. We, we like you said. We have some that look really freaking crazy. Like there's no doubt about that. But um, we don't know. It's just literally everyone's gonna have injuries. It's just who has the least injuries that hurt the roster the most. Let's put it that way. Right. And yeah. it's just it's gonna be wild to see how it pans out. And uh, I love it because the next offseason everyone's gonna talk strategy for Gladiator, and it could be a, a million different ways it plays out the next year because it literally it's just a different beast. But one of the things you said, and I've said it many times, what I love about this is it's like, like you said, we do 50s or DCs to get ready for our OCs or our mains. This gave me a great feel for the early player pool. Like yeah. you said, for building those rosters, for knowing where like certain positions start to drop off, for 
learning things like like for your fab leagues maybe not so much dcs but you can back end your dcs like and make that work but i love this format for really getting a feel for things early on to start prepping now before we get into it instead of like you said waiting till later to kind of prep for those leagues where so it's a little different because mm-hmm. it's a good field also what's a lot different than usual rob most of the agents are signed already so that's right. new for us last year machado didn't get signed till february and that was like yeah. when the dominoes started to fall. We were doing drafts yeah. before anything happened. We know about, I'd say, almost 90% of them, it feels like. So we have a pretty yeah. good feel on that, which helps a ton. But, yeah, yeah it, it's a different beast for sure. Yeah, it's it, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun, you know, and, and I've been – it's just – it's a fun draft. It's a fun format, and I've just been having a blast just putting together different builds and – diversifying picking different guys you know it's 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 been it's been fun i feel like i've never uh had more fun doing so many different approaches and and coming out with teams like oh this is interesting i definitely had i think one one like firm goal was to try to get like four or five good pitchers preferably five before like adp 180 um ish maybe sometimes earlier because, you know, when you really like look at some of the ratio damage you can take, you know, by keep rolling the guy out. Cause that's the thing you can't do anything about it. If he's just, uh, you know, Nick, Nick Havetta comes uh, to mind that kind of continual, like, uh, you know, bombs on your team. So I was trying to really, uh, make sure I had some good arms before having to take too many, you know, shots at those type of guys. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's smart. Cause I found myself in a position of one draft going, wow, this is going to be fun. I got to really shoot the moon in the, in the, in the starting pitching department. Cause I did this, this, or this. So it, uh, it's definitely some interesting ways to build. It teaches you a lot. Um, with the gladiators, with the, you said you just kind of dip your toes in the DC world already. It sounds like mm-hmm. um, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. What do you what are your early round goals right now from what you've noticed from these drafts that you might take into the you know your OCs, your mains, whatever big bigger drafts, fab drafts you're doing? Like are you looking to target certain stats early, certain positions early? Like you don't give all your secrets, of course, but is there something you've noticed that kind of stands out right now? Um you know what I really love about it is like you just learn something every day if you're really paying attention to like looking back at your teams and looking at the player pool. Um, that's why like, I, I took more time this year to kind of look back, you know, at just what my teams did, what, like how my, how my leagues were. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I go back and forth. I get like initial gut feels like, Oh, outfield, you know, is, is a dud and it turns into quick platoon and playing time dries up. And then, Sometimes I'm in a draft and I'll just feel like, oh, actually, there's a there's a patch of playing time right here that maybe we're kind of, you know, under overvaluing. So I'm just really just trying to, like, pay attention more to, um, I don't know, it's interesting. Cause like, I was looking at the ADP from last year and it was from 200 to 300. It was just a bunch of power hitters that didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And if you look at back at ADP, you're kind of trying to, you, you notice, um, like, where we were taking... Uh, you know, certain types, you know, and I think that's how we draft. Like, oh, here's a pocket of power 
maybe at the corner and there's a cluster of players like this year, there's the Walkers and the Hoskins, you know, it's, it's still that same glut at a certain time. And I think the biggest thing is to just know where you want to go in those, when those pockets come up, you know, and right now I feel like, I don't know. I I've, I've, I've heard you guys discuss first base and how you didn't like it. You and Toby and I've heard other people say that it's really, like, not deep. I kind of think it is sneakily deep. Um, I don't know. Um, maybe I'm just uh, – I have maybe unrealistic goals for most of those guys in the bottom half of, like, the 150s, the Rizzo's and the Mount Castles and, and such. Um, and the Mirandas, too. I think he's also, like, a sneaky kind of uh, pick there. Um, but I think, you know, obviously power scared me last year. I didn't do well in it. So I'm being a little more conscious of it, you know, being open to taking a guy like Aaron judge or Jordan Alvarez at the same time. I know everyone likes to get their steals too, and we might be anticipating a rise in steals. So, um, but again, I'm trying to lay out the draft. I, I kind of see maybe more path to getting, um, steals later on and maybe not like I think maybe last year there was more of the ability to grab the multiple 12s 10s types mm-hmm. um, but you know if you believe in Jake McCarthy's playing time you know and his skills to stay on the field enough to play he might have 40 45 steals and yeah. and and he's not really truly a rabbit either but yeah. I think I might be more open to, uh, especially in draft champions and on Fab and and Fab League, to uh, grab a rabbit type mm-hmm. um, to pair with someone who's just a, a big power bat. You know, mm-hmm. like if I have a Jorge Holaire and he's killing it in power, maybe you know I don't mind chasing. Uh, that guy on the wire, like the Bubba Thompson types, where I'm really like, I don't want, like, I hope I never have to roster guys who can't give me anything else. Mm-hmm. But they might go on runs this year with the bags that are like league changing, you know? But yeah. I don't know. It's it's hard to anticipate that. I've, I've listened to so many people talk about it, thought about it in my own head. Um, you know, there's some belief that it's going to be the fringe guys that get more. Um, but what's stopping Tommy Edmond from going to 50? If it's going to be easier, you know, like, I, I don't, I don't know. We could have uh, those seasons, you know, it's crazy. There's so many different things that could happen, you know, because there's sometimes where I'm like, well, don't, don't overplay it. Don't overstate the impact. And then sometimes I'm like, man, it, could be a really really big impact you know yeah. but <laughs> and, that's kind of how i am I'm like i'm trying not to overthink it like you're saying because it feels like it's going to be kind of more universal across the board you would think so but then at the same time if it's universal would it make those guys that steal the big chunks even more important because mm-hmm. their their big chunks is bigger and we can count on that where the other ones were speculating still right. um so that that's an interesting conundrum i guess could be the word and it's it's tough because yeah i'm with you you've heard them all like yeah they're gonna be everywhere so i don't need to go after them so aggressively at the same time maybe you need to be more aggressive like that's it's one of those like really really, there's no 
clear answer right now. And if anybody tells you they know the answer, I think they're pretty crazy. <laughs> like, how are they going to tell you that? Um, yeah. We'll find we'll find out, and someone will tell us we're wrong. They'll, they'll point fingers at Twitter. That's what happens. But um, yeah, I think like, yeah, it's tough. I think I'm more willing, though. This is my initial thoughts. I'm I'm more willing to take the, a non-power type up top. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, sorry, a Even non-speed guy. Yeah, yeah like I, I think. I feel, and maybe that's just because of what's available at the back end of first, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I'm not afraid of taking a Jordan or Vladimir, um, even though he stole some bases, or Pete Alonso, Austin Alonzo. Riley. Yeah. You know, in, in, in one of my, I don't know if it was DC or Gladiator, but I did Jordan and, and Alonso. You know, oh, that's and, all the home runs in the world. Look at and that. again, I yeah, and and again, I'm I'm worried about home runs because I I did bad <laughs> them last year. I think a lot of people yeah. did, but yeah, I'm more conscious of it. And you know, in a league like that, I took a you know, I think I did Edmund and McCarthy on that team later on in the drafts, and and I feel like I don't know, but I well, think that's be, my initial be, feeling. To be fair, like an Edmund and a McCarthy. You know, some people might say rabbits, but like you say, they're not so much rabbits in the fact that a lot of rabbits have not exactly the safest playing time. If, if they're not stealing bags or hitting, they're out. Where those right. guys, I don't see them leaving a the lineup. And when I say it's like really, really bad, and that goes for anybody, not just a rabbit. And two, they do a little more than rabbits, as you were saying earlier. So I think those are actually good ones to pair up. We're not talking like Malik Smith back in the day, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. these are different players in that regard. So if people try to say rabbit to me on those guys – that's a little sus- suspect. Like if you would have said Alberto Mondesi, we'd have a problem probably, but mm-hmm. uh, that's because he has injury concerns. He's just maybe not that good at baseball. Right. So we, we, it's, it's a different animal. So it's definitely an interesting way to go about it. And it kind of goes to what uh, Weimer and a bunch of other guys, yourself and others have been saying about scarcity. And I say it every show, uh, listeners are going to get sick of me saying it, but I'm, I'm just trying to like beat it into people's head. And you kind of said it in a roundabout way there is it's, not necessarily the position it's the the statistics just get your statistics one way or another don't worry about having to get these guys and then you won't have a scarcity problem like you can go and get this big guy at first base like you in your alonzo or whatever and then go and get someone at another position that you know shortstop might be top heavy but now you just went and got edmund at shortstop instead because he steals you a bunch of bags like these are ways yep. to go about it in a different way and that's where my mind needs to get better because i think one of my flaws i like power has been an issue for me for two years now and I think it's because I'm I'm more worried about, you know, filling this this positional need or this positional need and blah, 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 blah. And that's like why I talked to the guilds about it again the other day because I was in the draft with him when he got Alonzo and Goldie. Like he didn't mm-hmm. care. Goldie sat there. Yeah. Like, I'm taking my second first baseman. I don't get I don't care. Right. And it makes total sense. When you look back and go, why am I too dumb to do that in person? Like why why am I not there? And so it brings a whole different mindset to kind of rethink things. Like you said, we can always learn from other people and be better at what we do. And that's what I'm trying to really, really focus on this year is try to, uh, like you said earlier, take what the draft gives you, be able yep. to adapt, be able to adapt around it. Yeah. I think you'll be surprised what you can put together. And really just look at the ADP boards. Like you even feel on the NFBC and the actual, like the grid one can help too. If you're more of a visualization person, but you know, because that there's like Cole and Burns are going in the second round, then you got a little bit of a mini run of pitchers and 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 believers. You know, like a lot of the next picks are are all yellows, um, and especially in the third round. But then the hitters in the third round, though, you got your Simeon, you got your Rosarena, and if you believe in Lou Bob, 
you got him, you got Varsho, Altuve. Those guys steal 15 bases, you know? So there's bags available there. So I'm not afraid to go and, again, take a Jordan and get no speed, but then maybe pick up a Rosarena. You know, it's it's doable. And then in the fourth round, you got Jazz, you got Mullins, um, Albies. You know, we don't know if he's going to run that much anymore, but you got Adelaide Garcia. And then you got Carroll. Um, Teoscar might, you know, give you 10, 12. Yep. O'Neill Cruz, Story. And then in the sixth round, you got Edmund, you got Stalin Marte, Jimenez, Timmy Anderson. So yep. it's, it's not, they're out there. They're out there. So I, that's my initial gut is like, I'm not afraid to just go power here early and um, get, you know, it's more like power and average, you know, like instead of, you know, the power speed and I'll, I'll find some speed later on, impactful speed, not just uh, a sprinkle here and there. You know, not wasted stat speeds. Yeah. Yeah. hundred so yeah, percent with you there. You mentioned the burns and the coal thing. I was going to ask you about this because it's wild. It's wild to see. And everyone will say it. This will change come March. That's what happens. But pitching is not going early right now. It really isn't all things considered. It's creeped up now that you got Cole and burns in the second round the way it is. But, you know, we used to see three, four, five guys go in the first round come main event season. By the end of round two, almost every bona fide ace was getting close to being off the board. It felt like, like you had to like make your. That's why pocket aces became so prevalent. And now you can almost get pocket aces anywhere between round three and five. Like there's legit options in that regard. Mm-hmm. Knowing that this is going to change, as as we are all aware. But the question is how much? Because there's a lot of pitching. The depth of pitching, at least quasi similar pitching, is seems to me a lot deeper than it's been in a long time. There's still the bona fide guys up top. There's no doubting that, but. There's a slew of dudes that you could literally go to battle with. Like you mentioned, you did the Cease, Musgrove, and um, who's the third? Uh, Gossman last year. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of those kind of arms as you keep going down the list and thinking like, wow, you know, I can get DeGrom and Strider at the end of round two or three turn. I can get these other guys in the three, four turn. How are you approaching pitching at this point in time as there's value there so you can go get those big bats early? Or are you trying to adjust and take some pitchers earlier to avoid something else? Yeah, I've I've been mixing it up. Um and I think this is again part of me trying not to be too too rigid and um not being afraid to you know, I I've definitely loved gone like going the pocket aces route. Um not on all teams, but you know, half the teams or some teams. Um and I you know, I think Toby explained it the best every time, you know, about how pitching your pitchers per slot, you know, make up more of a percentage than your hitters. So it's, you know, per, per active slot. So it's, it's more impactful what they do than what a batter does. And, you know, the research in baseball HQ that shows that the, the early round pitchers, you know, return better value on average than the hitters do. So, um, it's interesting to see this. I think we're kind of overplaying this offensive thing a little bit. Um, not too much, but a little bit. I feel like Cole and Burns should be in the first round. Um, and yes, there is the Musgroves, Castillos, Gausman in round five. Uh, but again, I'll, as Toby mentioned the, on the, on the Rotowire pod with James Anderson, how like, yeah, you know, you Gallon's a great pitcher, but it's a, it's an 80 strikeout difference between him and Garrett Cole. And I get it. 
he is a good number one pitcher. But like your 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 one, two, three, four better be better than the guy who picked Cole, you know, first, because that's a big difference in strikeouts. And <laughs> when you're at the end of the year and everything's so close and you realize how much like that difference is, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting debate. And I I don't know. The, the talk of it getting pushed up, but where will it get pushed up? That's to? the question. Who, who's going to fall out? Like in right, right now, rounds three, four, five, you know, there's 45 players there and there's 16 bats. Yeah. So where will those pitchers go? Yeah, <laughs> like, no, all there is is pitchers there. Yep. That's why it's know? interesting. Yeah. Who's moving up? So what <laughs> bats are moving down? And it's yeah. like, because when you talk about it, like you said, you can justify all those hitters going where they're going. Like there's no reason why they shouldn't be first round bats, but obviously if the pitcher comes in, someone's coming out, how does that game get played? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing, but yeah, yeah. I can see some, like maybe a Matt Olson might slip. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, Luis Robert keeps slipping more. Maybe Adelise, Will Smith, maybe Mullins. I don't know. It's tough, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I like a lot of the pitchers going, you know, around, five, six, seven. Um, and I'm definitely, you know, um, there's some gladiators where um, I started, you know, like four bats, just uh, three bats, four bats. Um, you know, one one team actually started five straight bats and got you, Darvish, George Kirby, and Lance Lynn yeah. and Rasmus in the top four. Like, is that good enough? I don't know. But yeah. I like the offense that I was able to get. Yeah. Um in one league, um, this is, I think, my favorite team. I drafted Bichette and Jordan. I got Jordan at 17. That's Bichette really at 14, Jordan at 17. And then Spencer Strider at his le- latest pick uh, was 44. I got, I went Strider, DeGrom, Scherzer, Wheeler. Four straight stud pitchers. And wow. getting Wheeler as my number four. Scherzer Crazy. as my number three. Um, and the, yeah, it was, and I got Gunner, Brian Reynolds. It, it, it was one of my, it was one of my favorite builds, but I also, I wanted to mention that too. The Scherzer's types, mm-hmm. I think they slid too far in gladiators. I think the older injury concern pitcher. Right. But I think it actually gives them more value. Yeah. Because you can't, Quality innings. you can't fuck up what Scherzer did for you with, yep. With Mike Miner's two star, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's true. And, and so, like, we always when, talk replacement value on guys. Right. But yeah, his replacement value goes the other direction. If he gives you 140 innings at a 2.3 RA, like in this Gladiator, like it's going to be interesting to see some of the ERAs because, you know, I don't know. I just felt like him, the older pitchers with the question marks of innings pitched, I thought they got. Now, Kershaw down. in this format was great to me because you're going to yeah. get 130 innings potentially of just Cy Young stuff unless he completely falls off the ledge, which he, we say every year and he never does. Like he just he yep. throws fewer innings, but they're amazing innings. That's yeah. what he does. Right, so. right. Like if you have like, you know, a Garrett Cole and um, a Spencer Strider, you know, mm-hmm. like Kershaw is your number three. It's just like, you know, they'll, they'll take care of the Ks and he's just going to bring wonderful line for you. Um, but yeah, there was some teams where, you know, like I said, I, I was maybe comfortable with a U Darvish and Framber or, or Luis 
Castillo and Christian Javier is my yeah. one, two, as long as I get a stronger three, four, five. But yeah, that's the I key. still think in my gut, I still feel more comfortable, um, you know, grabbing a Garrett Cole type, yeah. you know. Um, but it could all change. And like he, the last DC I finished, he went 19th, you know, and I got him, Garrett Cole. Like I got hate, uh, Bo Bichette at 12 and then Hater. I mean, Cole and Hater. And I was like, okay, uh, I'll take Garrett Cole 19, you know. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to pass up that against that strikeout difference that he gets from the other pitchers. Speaking speaking of uh, those draft spots, there, uh, where are you finding so far in these early gladiators and DCs like KDS wise? Where do you prefer to sit in drafts? Because I've been up top most of the time. I've had a couple in the middle. Uh, up top's great because you get I get my J Ram early or something. But then it, it, you're getting to force your hand a lot being at the, the front end there. We're in the middle. You can kind of go with the flow of the draft, and I've kind of liked that a little bit more. What are you seeing you like so far? Yeah, I think at the front, it's like when it comes to the wheel, I think there's not a lot of guys that I like at value, so I'm like I'm most likely reaching <laughs> where yeah. I don't like to be in that spot. 100%. Um, you know, where maybe – um Again, it's, this is played in the ADP game, but maybe you like a DeGrom or Strider, but you're like, oh, well, you know, I wish I had a, a, I wish I was in the middle so I can take them where they usually go instead of jumping them a pit, you know, just, that's just an example. You could any player. Um, so that wheel, you got to get a little aggressive. And I'm not really feeling that. Um, I didn't have, let's see, in the Gladiator picked fifth, 11th. Um, 15th 12th 5th uh, so i didn't have many i had one one number one pick and one number three so i have i spent more time in the back and i guess i was just comfortable there and dcs you have three dcs and it was eight 12 and 12 <laughs> go figure That's right there, and then my out. and then my next one i'm doing i have the eight so it's uh it's, i'm stuck in the middle at the end but i don't mind it i i kind of like it there mm-hmm. um I think there's guys at eight that I don't mind taking. There's a bunch of them. Um, but I like the end. I think I like that 11, 12 range. I've been really liking the Bo Bichette, get, maybe getting Bo or Jordan or, uh, you know, helped you possibly land that pitcher in the second round, which is huge. Like if I can get Garrett Cole in that range, in every draft, that'd be tremendous, and take that'd my hitter too. And yeah, yeah, in the first round, I kind of like that. That's kind of um, that's kind of what I'm looking at with the pitching falling the way it is. If I can get one of those elite pitchers on my wraparound pick, like that seems pretty freaking juicy to me. Yep. yep. So I, I've been, I've been like, it's a wider range than you gave, but I was thinking like eight to twelve, anywhere in there. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty content. Like I can, I can make something work eight through twelve. I feel like at least, right? And because and yeah, I've been up top, and it's great because I love J Ram. I'm like. Pfft, over and over again him but man every other round after that i feel like i'm forced to, like i don't mind reaching sometimes but i feel like i'm reaching every time and mm-hmm. it's it's uncomfortable to say the least because I, I think we all like to say we're we like to be value drafters if we can that's kind of how you you prefer to be you can't be up there you just can't. yeah right it's, it's tough it's tough yeah and you know i think that third round too when you're in the middle that third round set you up for maybe a shot. Like if you did bats or if you like the closers that are in the middle there, like Diaz and class a, like 
there's there's Nola, there's McClanahan, there's Woodruff, um, right in the middle of the third yep. round. So you could pick up even a great first pitcher there too. Yep. Um, yep. Or a, fit, a great first closer. So the middle is kind of nice, and you know the end is fun. I don't really, I don't really like the pressure of picking one of the first five. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because um, I don't really have a clear favorite out of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I become, I don't know. I hold it to such a high like thing you know one of my favorite articles every year ron chandler writes he finds something wrong with everyone in the first round he's been doing it yeah he's been doing it on the athletic he used to do it for hq and it's just great and it just and you know that i think i think ron will mind me saying this but he's i mean he admits it in the hq he's a real cynical guy you know he's Mm -hmm. that's the way his brain works so and I think it's a great practice, but also it scarred me, you know, as well, because, you know, you That's take one of those... You're looking at all the negative and right. positive. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, especially with the guys in the front, like this, there's this pressure. What, of this now what could pick. go right, not 40-40. What could go wrong here? Yeah, what can go wrong? Like, who's got the biggest wart that, you know, yep. um, and there's, I don't know. I, that's why I guess maybe I just like being eight on where it's like, okay, let it fall to you. Yeah. Okay. You guys I'll, took I'll, the first five. I'll take the sixth one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm with you for sure. Um, we kind of hit on the potential for stolen bases increases and we kind of talked about what we're, we're kind of planning for that come draft wise. The other one I was going to ask you about, and it seems like this is more of a calculable stat potentially, especially with guys that are very, very intelligent with numbers um the balanced schedule because mm-hmm. we used to look at like central division pitchers because they pitch in the central or you know certain hitters get to go to coors so many times or x y or z now it's a lot different uh, you're still gonna have your divisional games you have a little boost there I'm not gonna deny that but you're not getting them overloaded like we've had in the past and other teams are gonna get more chances like these other teams also so are you factoring that in at all come draft season where uh, it's not as easy as it was in the past it feels like yeah, I mean, I think you have to pay attention and just be cognizant of of the the fact that you know, um, and I think I I I got a quick glimpse of this too. I was reading um, the great work of uh, the reliever recon fellas, and uh, you know, Greg Jewett did his save specs and his save totals, and he had the you know the DraftKings uh, you know over under on the team wins already and uh i was like oh you know and one team that caught me by surprise was the guardians you know they were like 81 and a half and i'm like oh that seems low they made the playoff they mm-hmm. almost beat the yankees and then I'm like hey you know what uh, i guess with the with the schedule uh-huh. they're not beating up on the you know so it was something you know, the by, Royals and tigers by quick glance revenge. that like seemed like too good and then as, when i put a little more thought into it i was like oh maybe it's not as in the bag as I think it is. Um, so I guess, you know, I don't have, I'm trusting the, the projections will work that out somehow. Um, I'll, I'll maybe, you know, you can bump guys up and down in, in, in regard to like their previous performances, you know, in the division. So if Corbin Burns did have low wins, you know, because the Brewers aren't great and because maybe the Central, you know, is now they're going to be facing stronger teams, maybe that 
is the separator from him and Cole and other pitchers maybe because, uh, you know, it's the same things and now it's going to be harder for him. But um, I think it also too, like if you're going to, I guess this is the way I've been thinking about it recently, is trying to figure out how to employ it is, you know, are you going back to see what these players did versus certain teams last year? True. Right. You know, like if, if, if a pitcher did well versus weak teams, do you know that? True. You know, like maybe they did play in the AL East, but the pitcher had six games versus the Central and did great. Do you know that? And then are you going to work that next year's that one to it? Because I think you got to do both and not just one or the other. Yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. That's why I'm just hoping, you know, maybe it's a tiebreaker. I've heard people say that. You know, I'll use it as a tiebreaker. I hope I have other better tiebreakers to use. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Because I don't want to use that. And, and like you said, you're factoring how they did in past success versus these guys. Different rosters, probably different times of year. So many different scenarios in place. Is that really the tiebreaker we're using right now? Because yeah. that seems like a not the best case scenario. But I guess you never know. But yeah, I'm with you. I'd kind of hope for uh, other things to to stand out at that point in time. Because um, like that's the yeah. that's the thing you really we take for granted because we're looking at so many things, mm-hmm. you know, and there's so much energy to absorb. But I think it happened maybe last year at some point where, you know, I think in our brain coming into the season and historically the last two or three years, the White Sox had, you know, an offense to watch out for. And and you would, you know, I think we were looking at the picture logs of someone and they're like, oh, yeah, he's had a brutal schedule. He played uh, blah, 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 the White Sox two or three times. Tough, tough offenses. I'm like, yeah. is it, though? Like, you know, Robert was out. And so I think we take some things for granted if we're not paying yeah. attention. Like you said, like the, the lineup at the time. Because yep. if you go through a game log and look at that real quick, yep. you could say, oh, he faced some good teams. But like you said, like, at the time, that the White Sox weren't good, but we were just saying it. You know, I, I heard people like even myself caught myself saying it. Like, wait a minute, are they good though? <laughs> it just takes well, a couple. A great, of- <laughs> a great example last year that was the Yankees outside of Judge for the longest time. They, that lineup sucked. Duds. They weren't doing anything. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Oh, he's pitching great against the Yankees." So no, he's pitching great against Aaron Judge. <laughs> and, they, and then the rest of it's the the, the Scranton team or something. Yeah. And so at, at that point in time, it's what they're hitting like. So yeah, it's totally can be deceiving if you say a team's name. Yep, and absolutely, and, and the time of the year because there are times of year where the White Sox and the Yankees are beating everybody. Yeah, so it's just it's baseball, it's baseball yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah, so, yeah. So the the schedule is going to be tough, like you know, um, and I think the pitch clock is going to be interesting, right? 100%. I mean, you know, I've been listening to, I think one of my favorite things that I recently picked up in the last year is listening to podcasts of players of real players 100% and past yeah. players too you know just mm-hmm. but I really like um like what David Cohn has to say on his mm-hmm. pods he, he's really really insightful about into the mind of he's really good like he bridges the old school with the new school great um and then like Ian Happ on the compound pod yeah. you know like just that dugout talk and you hear what these yep. guys have to do every day to prepare and how they well, think and they're and, not talking to reporters so they're talking to their buddies they're loose yeah. they're just talking yeah and actually the pod with ian happy they, they were talking about um the shift yep. and 
the stuff that he was saying, I was like, oh, it was blowing my mind. Like, kind of stuff we know, but then you hear, like, you know, I wonder, if, you know, how deep these guys are thinking about it, and oh, they're thinking about it because they're thinking he, about a lot. A yeah, lot. yeah, and mm-hmm. he was making some great points that had me thinking. He's like, you know, because not only will you know, like, you know, if there's certain guys on base and you got to hold that runner, there's going to be bigger holes on the right side. Not even just. Mm-hmm. regular shift is just going to be more stuff happening because you could put a player over there and you know still hold that run and still have two fielders now you won't you know so he was like and then and then he was just talking about in general like not having to force the ball over everybody um he said it's intimidating when you come up to the plate and you see a stack side you know mm-hmm. and he's like people say you can go the other way but going the other way is not your best swing and they don't, you know, a lot of the teams, they teach you, like, we don't want to see your worst swing. We want to see your best swing, you know? Um, So it's going to be interesting um, to see if, you know, will guys now, if they're not trying to put it over everyone, you know, will, will some people's, you know, like maybe power output drop because now they're just, not trying to the lift line it. drives. Man. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's gonna be, it's gonna be so. I'm, I'm so fascinated by how it's all gonna evolve, you know, and change. But the pitch clock thing is, is, is weird because I feel like if you get a couple of pickoffs, you're, man, you're, you're some guys it. are just gonna get jumps, man. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be like a, it's gonna be like football when you watch the play clock going down. You're like, okay, you pin the ears back. You're ready to go, boys. Like it's, it, it, he's got nowhere to go now, type thing so crazy yeah but uh, i like the shift talk because you, you hit on some things there is uh, you played ball i played ball and like you sit there and go oh, there's this whole like well but then it's a totally different swing it's like almost a lackadaisical swing but then, like there's kind of poking something uh you're not paying this guy to do that in theory like there's so many so many things involved there you want them to keep their steady swings so they don't get bad habits um there, there's a lot of factors involved there which make, makes it a little more challenging than others but um, and and the second a second thought is I've been saying those podcasts like I listen to the Chris Rose rotation, mm-hmm. all the players on. I think it's freaking it's awesome. The stuff I hear like Giolito, Glass now, um, all these dudes talk about it's really cool. And then they'll bring on some of their buddies sometimes, and it's just you start to hear things and you're like, whoa, okay. Like yeah. Giolito, Giolito talking about his struggles last year was it was really good to hear from him on mm-hmm. like, how he's trying to work through it and all these different things. I was like. First off, it's like, hey, they're human. This is why you don't give them shit on Twitter, you idiots. Um, and, and B, it's just like, like it's 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 cool to hear it from their perspective, like you said, where it's not after they just got blown up on the mound and the microphone's in their face and they're pissed off, don't want to talk to anybody. It's just like, hey, they're talking to people they trust, and here we are. Like it's a whole different animal. So yeah, lots yeah, to be gained by that. Lots to be gained. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, you know me, I'm the Deadpool hitter, and just yeah. When I played, literally, when I played softball, I had the, the field stacked against me, and yeah, I know the feeling. I never, I hated going the other way, and you know, and I would try, and I just couldn't. I would get under everything opposite field and hit these lazy pop ups because and, you dipped the shoulder trying to go the other way. Yeah, every single yep. time, and I'm like, I'm just gonna smash the ball as hard as I can to the left side. <laughs> Yep. That's it. Like this is the way I want to play, and like yep. I, I feel better about this. So yeah, know. yeah. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see what the uh, what the players' approaches are. 
for sure. I can't wait. Um, let's talk some more DC as we're about. You, get, you still have a couple of gladiators left, but you're really about to go into DC season. And for those that are living under a rock somewhere, um, you know, Rob won the DC overall a couple of years ago, which is kind of a big deal for those keeping track at home. Um, he's been doing that thing and he's been very successful in a lot of formats, not just that. But I want to get to DC as people are going to be ramping those up right now before they get into fab season. Um, one thing you do better than almost anybody, I can't remember who tweeted it out the other day, but and it's something I know you talk about, you maximize at bats. And I believe last year you were like first, third, fifth, or fourth and fifth, and overall at bats between your teams in the draft champions last year. So when you're looking to do that, obviously we can do projections, we can do X, Y, and Z. What's your prep like to find at bats? Are you just looking at projections or do you have like a secret formula that you don't have to give us, but do you have something <laughs> that you use for your at bats? Um, so actually, um, I was first, second, and eighth in the online championships. Okay. So that was a Fab League 12 team. And that happened in an interesting fashion because I had a strategy to draft. Um, a lot of pitching depth. So I wanted to build with three hitters to start and I got a lot of middle pitching and I didn't want to stream pitchers. Um, so, but what happened was the batters I took kind of in the end game where I was like, these might be droppable players. Um, they all stood around my team the whole season and they didn't get hurt. Like I had Nimmo and Santander, I think on every team. With the with the except with the expectation that maybe at some point you know I might have to consider cutting these guys you know if they're not playing well if they're hurt and the like the bottom half of my roster is just I, I had really good health with the with the batters I drafted and um, so the additional streaming again I wasn't heavy streaming because I had the depth on my bench um, but any additional one I could add to like already a team that was healthy. Um, I get, cause even if, even not maximizing, you know, four games on a Monday to Thursday, or just, if there wasn't a better upgrade than Brandon Nimmo playing two games, I wasn't going to drop him. I get four, you know, because I had already like enough at bats banked. So that was, that was good in that sense. In the DCs, I did. Okay. Um, let me bring it up real quick. I know in years yeah. past you've been really good at that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see real quick. Yeah, I did. Gosh, yeah, I did kind of good in the at bats. <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought I heard something yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I had, so um, a team in the 98th percentile, 92nd, 86th, um, 99th, 90th. But it's weird because the correlations, and this is something you could find in the baseball forecaster that uh, Steve Weimer um, wrote in a baseball HQ article too, is the correlation between volume and homers went down, you know? So um, in 2021, the correlation with at-bats to homers were 0.63 and this year it was 0.53. So um, the, like the volume, and so I guess that's where I lost a lot. I guess I didn't have that power. Um, didn't have enough power to offset the good volume of at-bats. But I, I, I really, I think that's from being 
the the boring is beautiful as our Stephen Weimer does yeah. so well and explains so well. First time I ever had him on my podcast, he that's what he said, and that line will never leave my brain. The way he yeah. said it, I'm like, oh wow, that's the key, you know. And um, so building, you know, the middle round with just knowing when the PT is going to fall off. I think I don't have the, the formula, like a special formula. I aggregate projection systems, you know, uh, okay. like Jeff Zimmerman says, it's the wisdom of the crowds. You know, mm-hmm. if you, if, if you average out five systems, you know, you, you'll have a good baseline of where you should be per mm-hmm. PT. And I think just, just take the time to really go through the depth charts. I don't think it's so much um, having a magical formula for, projecting playing time but if you could just try to forecast that team's organizational depth you know like um does this does this outfielder have a clean path to at bat and then just if you use a projection system which i think you should when you're trying to at least you know get a good sense of playing time you know and um just go through it team by team if it's not too intimidating for you and just really try to piece it out because sometimes you'll catch it, you know? And I think sometimes it's great because if they're accessible too, like Todd Zola, you could just reach out to them. Hey, Todd, like is this interesting, you know, situation you have here in uh, Colorado's infield, you know, it's just in, and oh yeah, yeah, you know, and it's like you talk to them through about like how their process is and determining playing time. And if you catch something that you think is off, that's the key, you know? Yep. Like not changing the skills, not saying, oh, this guy's going to hit so many more homers. But, um, and I think you'll win with obviously guessing right on like Jake, Jake McCarthy. I'll go back to him. If, if, if you think he's going to lose that bat, lefties, or you think he won't be as good and he'll lose some playing time, or you think his OPS isn't good enough for his lefties or whatever, you know, that's the call you have to make. So if you have him valued at 400 plate appearances, but he gets 600, well, you're going to get beat, you know, and you're going to get, you know, you're going to lose on him, you know, maybe not the league, but you'll lose that. So, um, and, and there's good stuff out there, you know, from great analysts like Jeff Zimmerman, who like, and Tanner Bell, who have the stuff in the process, the mm-hmm. forecaster of baseball that shows historical data on, you know, guys that, lose playing time at this OPS or that, you know, and just really put in the homework to do those things. Um, but I think, you know, the boring is beautiful is, is gathering the volume, but if the volume won't be as, as impactful, I might have to, you know, I, I think there's some league changers, league winners that, might not come from that approach, you know. I think yep. you get a good base of the boring is beautiful, but this year I might punch in some more speculative shots at uh, those higher upside players to make that difference, you know. Yeah, that, that article, a little blurb that uh, Weimer had in HQ was really good. Uh, Ryan and I had him and a couple other guys on, and um, if you combine Weimer's article with I can't remember if it was Dan Marcus's or a different one, they were all good, but um. There was one that compared like first five round draft strategies, like pocket aces and a catcher. And yeah, that was like, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Dan Marcus. Yeah, it's, if you almost combine those two together, it really brings into the is quantity over quality. Like, how are we assessing? It's like, do we want the boring is beautiful quantity, or do we really want just like 
quality and even if it's in less quantity like you're saying and it, it kind of goes into how the different like first five round structures have changed each year it's kind of stayed the same a bit but there's definitely been some standout changes recently like relievers have entered the fold as, as a thing which people will fight and i get the argument against it 100 i know you're not the usually i'm not gonna say always usually like in gladiator you were like almost opposed to it early but um there's so many ways to go about it and it's very interesting to see the articles in the, the HQ. And that's one thing like I like pointing out in the HQ forecaster. I know you're a big HQ guy also is there's so much more than just the player boxes. There's so much more in that book than just the player like, boxes to check out. So I highly absolutely rec- rec- recommend checking all those goodies out. And, you know, every once in a while you'll get the back of a, a book with a special uh, blurb from like a, a former DC champion. Yeah. So. It's crazy, man. That was, that was so, <laughs> so real when I was approached about that. I was like, wow, that's, that's that's awesome. Been reading this book for years. It got me to such a good level of playing. And and like you said, yeah, the inside is great. Honestly, I read Ron's intro, you know, and then like I I I know the next part, like the encyclopedia, pretty much. Yeah. I'll just flip through it to see if there's any new like data, you know, like new updates, because a lot of those things are just tried and true and they just throw out a definition, but then sometimes they'll have a newer chart. Uh, a playing time or contact if anything changed from recent data and i'll read that but the abstract parts you know like the the digging time like the one with the playing time this year is dynamite the one with yeah. the, that ed ed decario wrote with the ed circles that, is amazing bro, yeah that is so good. so good so good i've already like just you just have to scan those pages and immediately you see guys you're like, I want him this year. I want him this yep. year. Like mm-hmm. it's it's probably one of the better things I've ever read recently. Mm-hmm. Um because obviously it takes all that playing time and it puts it into one snapshot. Big perspective it's change for you. Fucking really awesome. puts yeah. it into perspective. Like oh, real yeah. quick. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's the beauty of it. And um yeah ed, ed does great work every year he's got a different article and like wow like how did you think of this like this is freaking wild he's won awards <laughs> yeah. like yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah, legit yeah. good stuff yeah and, uh, absolutely and it, it, this is the thing like there's so much stuff to get you better you know yes. and it's fine if you like your process and you don't want influence but or you know you think you don't need to get better totally up to you but to me like not even fantasy, but just in life too. And you're learning every day. You're getting better. You get as a person, you're getting smarter. And when you're open to things, when you hear things and are not dismissive, you can be dismissive. It could be your gut reaction, but just look at it. You know, like, um, that base master said, would you just look at it? Like, just just look at it. (laughs) (laughs) That guy's the best. (laughs) Every time I say, would you look at it, you know, or or look at it, I think of that guy, but you know, take the time to just really see if, um, you know, what you're hearing from someone is, or reading is, is, is right. Or, or, Mm -hmm. or at least actionable, you know? Well, yeah, it's just in, in general, like, I don't know if people want a life podcast from us, but, Base for fantasy baseball, for life, whatever. You learn from your mistakes and honestly learn from the success of others around you. Like you can learn stuff real quickly. Like you, you don't know it all. Trust me. You do not know yeah. it all. And if you yeah. think you do, it's like, it's almost, it's not the same, but it's almost like the old rounders line. If you can't find the fish at the table, then you're the fish. Type thing. <laughs> uh, so if you think you know it all already, buddy, I got another thing for you. So yeah, 
it's, it's pretty funny stuff, and that's 100% true in fantasy. Like, there's a lot of really, really good people. I guarantee you, you filled the show even before last year would have said, I still have a lot of learning to do. Like, he would, he, he was already out in the shop, and then, you know, you talked to him and others have after the year last year he had, which wasn't bad, but he wasn't happy with it because it wasn't winning every title. Um, he was already back in the lab like the next day. Like he wasn't, he wasn't going to yeah. do this again. And it's just, it's a, it's a mindset. It's like the Michael Jordan thing. Like, Hey, it's the mama mentality. Like you gotta do the whole uh, deal. So it, it's funny in that regard. And I um, think that's what I'm so like driven around those guys, mm-hmm. like Steve and, and Phil and Toby. It's just, there's no I in team, but there is one in indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You like to win? I, I like Is that to what win, you're driving around? But they're, but they're, <laughs> they don't rest, you know? No, it's and crazy. It, it's good to trust people who you know like are not just randomly spewing Throwing something shit out. at the wall like a monkey. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I know I'm the most out of the group to say something random, and I think that's what Phil says, like, I bring to the table you know, but, that. but your random thought probably makes them think of something differently going, oh, wow, wait a minute. Because like they're so focused on their like their analytical data driven process. You probably throw something out there and it's like, holy crap, I didn't think of that. For like for months, I was like, Jose, Jose Leclerc is going to come back, take the job. Even when he had his first couple innings, I'm like, I just kept saying Leclerc, Leclerc. And I know that no one likes it when they don't respond, you know, when they just, <laughs> something else comes out. And then, and then like, you know, he got into the closer job and I just, what's cool about the discord. That's where our chat is. You go into the search box uh-huh. and you could just put in the president's name. And I just took a snapshot of all the times I was saying the clerk, <laughs> you know, and just put that in the, you know, and it's funny, you know, cause oh, like, God damn I think that's my, uh, that's my, that's my, um, that's what I bring. Uh, have the gut calls. They do the spreadsheets, and I'll I'll they trust I'll the, num- the they trust calls. the numbers. That's why, like when I when I do my shows with Toby a lot, I'm like, "You're a genius. I'm more the caveman over here. Let me throw this stuff and see where we can go. You do your analytics. We'll work together." Yeah, but what's great too is like there's so many times where we'll, we'll be like, um, "I'll just be like, oh, I really like this guy," and yep. like, "Oh, I really like this guy too," and oh yeah, he popped in my rankings too, and I'm you know. Obviously, we're looking a lot at the same statistics and metrics. You know, there's certain stuff we're definitely more inclined to look at and feel strong about everybody in general. But, um, you know, obviously, I don't have a 98 input formula, yeah. you know, and and I'll be like, oh, this is my hitter, like 96. 
And they'll be like, oh, I got them in that same range too. And I'm just, I just marvel how we can get to like a similar spot with, with having, I always talk to everyone about this, with that, with having different approaches, you know, mm-hmm. um, it could be simple, it could be complex, but we might still have the same general understanding of the player pool. Yep. And that's, what's fun about it. That's fun about game of baseball and fantasy baseball. Yep. Uh, so when you're doing your DCs, um, and we talked about, you know, yeah, bats are important, innings pitch are important. When you're drafting, like say the early rounds, I don't know if you want to say 10 rounds, 15, 20, whatever you want to kind of group as the early rounds, there's 50 rounds, so it's keeping track at home. Um, what are you trying to leave the early rounds with to give you like a solid base that you know is kind of part of the formula for winning the DC? Obviously, late, you need those great backup guys that can come in. You need to do a bunch of other things. The draft's a big draft. There's many pieces to the puzzle. But early on, what are you trying to like accomplish and make sure you leave that early section with? I think the biggest thing is I'm just always trying to be have a baseline that's not risk, you know, um, because I think we know that we always like harp on, oh, this, you know, the first round doesn't return value. It doesn't return value because it's a high value to try to return, you know, like. So if a player, you know, if pick 11 is worth like a $32 player, but he, a $28 player, he wasn't a bust. He wasn't a bad pick, <laughs> you know? It's, it's So I'm just always trying to make sure that I don't have a player that is extremely volatile, you know? Just guys that I feel safe that will have good playing time, I know will give me innings, and I think that is the best structure for a team because then, then, then that allows you to start throwing out, you know, darts where it won't really hurt you as much. You know, if you want to take that high volatile player in round, you know, six or five, like O'Neill Cruz, and um, after you've gotten a, you know, like a strong base, I think that's the way that I prefer to start. Um, statistically. I don't know. It's 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 hard to. I got. Um, I'm looking at the 80th percentiles for the last year and the last two years. You know, and it's always better to you know use multiple years and some kind of average. But it was so different last year. So do you just use last year? You know, well, a few I years ago you had the 60 game season. So <laughs> yeah, there's so many different things in there, and so I think even what uh, Ray Murphy from Baseball HQ was saying. Um, that, you know, they kind of lean to use like just last year's park factors because of the humidors and the new balls and everything. And I think I'm more inclined to lean that way. Uh, just, mm-hmm. But I don't want to overdo, you know, just like, oh, it's going to be exactly like last year. Because, you know, I think if, if the, anything's been proven that we can't expect that to be the same. So I'm yeah. just trying to find a good medium of what happened last year with a little bit of a lean toward better offensive stats, you know, slightly. Um, So again, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to really be too stiff on, I need these numbers. Um, I think I start, I'll start to look at that, you know, specific numbers deeper in a draft where I just need to fit a certain guy on my team. But I think at the front, you just want to make sure you have PT 
and that you have one or the other, right? You can have power or speed, whichever way you want to lean. You want a good mix of both or lean one way strong the other way. I think it's good to have a good average and one of those. So um, try not to worry too much about, all right, I got 32 steals, so now I just need 100 more, you know? Um, just want a decent foundation of players, and then I'll, I'll, I'll start chipping away at those overall numbers as they go. Perfect. Um, how many DCs are you going to do this year? Um, how many planning I, on doing? We don't have things to yeah. tell you planning on doing. I did three, and honestly, one was the one we did in August and continued in October. <laughs> I almost don't even and, count that. <laughs> yeah, and the second one was actually in October as well. So oh, I just completed one. So that's my third. And uh, I, I start one on New Year's Day that um, it's been a long-running tradition that I just recently hopped into last year. That's cool. And this will be my second year, yeah, with many um, NFBC veterans. You know, they do it every year. They do like it. They start on New Year's Day, and it's not really in my the math quick um, draft, yeah. but it's it's people tend to really, you know, pick a little faster than the the – the two Super hour strange. clock that's on it. Yeah. But I'll, I'll probably, I want to do like no more than eight. So okay. maybe, and, and like I said, I like to do two, like last two years, I've done one express draft per year. I might just do two of them because honestly, I just really don't like the slow drafts. <laughs> I just tough. it wears on me. Like I, I, I spend more time than I would just sitting down at one shot and doing it in five hours. You know, yeah. because it's just a joint. Like I don't know. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna try to do too much because I think last year I did too many and it plus plus the fifty. Then you think it's no work, yeah. but. Setting lineups is, is it's a lot more work than people think if you want to win. Yeah. 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 So maybe, you know, um, after the New Year's one, probably like three more. Maybe. Hopefully. Are you are you going to New York more. or Vegas? I would both. You're gonna do both? Yeah, because I mean I mean I'm in Jersey, so going to New York is no problem. Well, well, well. Guess yeah. I'll get to see somebody in Vegas this year. Yeah, 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 and I'm gonna do that too because yeah, I have to. I have to meet everyone, like everyone, everyone, you know. Yep. So I'm pretty excited. It's uh, for me, it was you know, one or the other with first pitch, and as much as I want to do first pitch, I I want to do the drafting part yeah. more. I think then, and um, I heard you mention. It uh, with the guilds, and I had a similar idea of bringing, of bringing the hardware down there too, or just at, at least bringing a mic, or maybe not even a mic, or just do it with my headphones and just put, yeah, maybe doing some kind of uh, you know, get my thoughts down while we're there would be cool, you know. I, I, it could be a ton of fun, I'd be looking forward to that. We could uh, get at it and have a, have a good time. I'd um, love to just bring a cameraman with me yeah. and I could just vlog the whole thing. That would be. You need to get. You need to get. Uh, you need, oh God, the things that you might see. What happens in Vegas? I thought stays in Vegas, but I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna let that one slide right there. I was almost gonna change the subject real quick, but uh, yeah, it could be a great time. Great time indeed. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of hinted at the chat of genius fantasy players earlier, and you've t- you mentioned their names: Phil, Toby, Steve. 
Um, yep. Before before we get into that, just to have a little fun with this here. Uh, what's your favorite mafia mobster movie? Oh, mafia mobster movie. Like there's huh? Goodfellas. Like I consider Casino one. There's obviously oh, many, many man. more. It's it's that's really that's a tough question. I think I think I think it's probably Goodfellas. Goodfellas so good, man. Like I can really it's watch so it anytime, anytime. Yeah, and and then I think Bronx Tale is really right behind it. Um, close close behind it, you know. Um, they actually filmed that movie like pretty close to my neighborhood in Brooklyn. Um, so pretty solid. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I go Goodfellas and then Bronx Tale. Okay, because where I was going with this is every good mob, mafia, gang, whatever you want to refer to, they have like nicknames. They mm-hmm. have nicknames. They do. What What would you call your group? Because I call it the Chat of Genius Fantasy Players. What, what Let's have some fun with this, okay? What would you call the group as a whole? Okay, let's get creative. In, in terms of fun. like a mafia term, or just any yeah, term? like 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 you're the mm. like you know we're the East Side, whatever. It's like you know what's your what's your what's your mafia names for the group? It's so it's so funny because we actually initially got to be a name it. on the Discord or something that says something. So what are you? Yeah, our Discord is 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 TCF. It's Triple Crown Fantasy because initially when it was just <laughs> initially when it was me, Steve, and Phil, and um, you know when we started chatting as as a group, um, Phil was winning the main event overall i had won the draft champions overall and steve finished second like 17 times yeah and um <laughs> and i uh um i was actually first or in the top five in the online championship which phil ended up winning um so it was like oh we can have you know uh, let's try to get a triple crown of overalls you know so that's how we initially did the triple crown fantasy um, but I, let's see, let's see. I think we'd be like, um, interesting because I think, you know, I, I, I kind of like to almost give everyone their actual mobster. Like, yeah, you know, that. that's where I was going to go with this next. Yeah. Like, I think like Weimer would be like Meyer Lansky, you know, Lansky. <laughs> like he's just like the, this, this, like the brain, like super brains of the organization. Yep. Where like he he's doing things you don't even know behind the scenes, and you know he's off in Cuba, setting the whole gambling uh, scene out the, there. Wired over there and taking care of everything. <laughs> yeah, I could see him in one of those little straw hats with the glasses yep. on, walking around with the Hawaiian shirt. Oh, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yep. Um, Phil would be like, I think Phil would just be the hitman of whatever mob it is. You know, he's just out to like his his mo is to just slaughter people in 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 terms of fantasy. He wants to win everything. Obviously, we all do, but he but he really wants to wants win as many points he as possible. Really wants to, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think Phil would be the hitman. So Phil would yeah. be like maybe the Ice Man, just like kind of, okay. yeah, 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 just like getting rid of bodies in the ocean. This is great. And Toby, Toby would probably. That's the tough one. Yeah, that is the tough one. He's got a bad side if you let you get him. Oh, yeah. He's just, uh, he's, 
you gotta catch his snark. I know when uh-huh. it's there. Yeah, He's yeah, got yeah. It. yeah, yeah. He he, and like almost like he's the type that will just kill you with kindness too. Uh-huh. You know, when when you don't even realize that he's so I would say he would be like maybe he'd be like the Michael Corleone, you know, like <laughs> like you know, like the super smart guy. He's 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 focused on you know, he just he's a vet. He's not really a vet, but Toby's just like and then all of a sudden, when shit goes down, you don't expect little Michael to come out. And Toby's just like, I'm taking over. I'm going to be the boss. That's so I'm going to go hit this guy in the restaurant and shoot a cop. So let's do that. It's Toby, Michael Corleone. Or could Toby beat Donnie Brasco and just totally fool everybody? Oh, shit. Because he's so nice. Just kind of oh. rolls in and... My God, Toby's doing this all for like I, shit. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. He's he's wearing a wire. Toby's wearing exactly. a wire. That's what I'm saying. You gotta watch out, oh, man. No, I don't want to believe that. Nah, no. Nah, I, I said to put that in the back of your head. <laughs> then who are you? Who am I? Who am I? I I I'd be um. I'd be Joe Pesci from Goodfellas. <laughs> Just, just a little fucking meatball, telling jokes, keeping, <laughs> keeping the gang, you know, nice and, you know, unified. Yeah, keeping them a little easy, not so so high yeah. strung all the time. Say, so what are you gonna tell me now, tough guy? The same yeah. thing I told you last time. Go fuck your mother, like. <laughs> so good, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll just make jokes, keep and keep everyone happy, and just don't walk you know. into the room first, okay? <laughs> <laughs> don't walk into the room first. <laughs> Toby uh, might be there behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh yeah, great. I mean, well, that's a movie. Well, I gave you a movie character, real character, man. It's just um, it is. It, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't want to be like a John Gotti. You know, I'm not that flashy. You know, I'm not. I'm not no. the dapper Don. You know, you so don't be flashy either. I'm no, no, no. Yeah, I'd just be like the driver. You know, just the <laughs> guy who drives great. everyone around. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Um, so yeah, it's a fun group you guys have there. I've, I kind of gotten to know all of them in different respects and different ways. Um, it's an awesome group, a very intelligent group. I love it. Not just how good at fantasy they are. Cause they're some of the best out there, but it's almost like you legit found guys that are really, really, really exceptional in different formats. Like they're yeah. good in all formats, but they're exceptional in like certain formats compared to others. Mm-hmm. And so that's a great way to put all your minds together. Um, obviously it's, it's quite the, uh, the deal. So, um, exceptionable I, humans too. They're amazing like, humans. Yeah. they're just humble too. They're never, you know, like we like, you know, sarcastically joke about, you know, like, Oh yeah, I won this or whatever, but it's never, we're not, we're not yeah. resting on anything and they're just exactly. consistently. And, um, there's no, like, we don't talk about politics. We don't talk about like. Every now and then we might vent like this world is burning or whatever, but it 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 doesn't evolve into anything where I'm just like I can't look at this chat, you know. It's, yeah. So that's what I like about it too. There's no aside from the baseball and getting to know each other and like becoming great friends. It's just it's just there's no there's none of the stuff that I don't want in my life. You know, yeah, none, of never, minu- none of the trouble, the minutia. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. So that's, that's the good. biggest thing for me. It's good, it's good people for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't need you to go behind the curtain because what people need to do is listen to your episode where you guys talked about uh, everything because <laughs> that was like a what five hour um, show. You guys like basically bringing the Discord to life. Um, <laughs> it, it's great though. Like I love it. Yeah. I love it. Like I I got my guys. I text nothing like you guys have there, but it's it's nice to have a sounding board. Like I like you got you guys. There's you know the Vlad, Maddie, Mo, Silver, Jen's mm-hmm. dead one. Yeah, like, that's, that's powerhouse. It's like the OG, and then, okay, let's have fun here. Um, if it was your group versus their group in in a gang war, <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm just, I'm just well, Silver does CrossFit, right? So I know he's gonna I think we got to worry about him. Well, but that's Canadian versus Canadian crime up there. They can yeah, that. yeah, they can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. not gonna go there. Like, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I think it's a fun debate, though. We could do that another time if you like. Um, yeah, we could do it Anchorman style, you know, like oh, when they have the um, like did the you just kill war? someone with a trident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. you should go and hide for a little while. <laughs> I think we just um, brainchild an idea here. I think yeah, we should. I'm in. Vegas, let's go. Yeah, maybe we should film Vegas. it. You know, it's legit. Like, there's, it's at the Mirage this year. There's a yeah, we'll do some pullout front. Yeah, we'll do some mock style, like, you know, oh, he just shot me with an OB- OPS versus lefty. You know, stat. Oh, his split stats <laughs> were wrong. You just yeah. shot me right-handed. Um, yeah, so so many fun things. That's but uh, I'm not going to ask any more about that. Like I guess I want people to listen to. It. I just wanted to bring it up, have a little fun with it because it's quite yeah. impressive. The group you have there, great people, great minds, and obviously shows because I always give Toby a hard time when um, I see you guys like post or some of you guys post your fab wins for the week, and then I'm like, so Toby these must be the five guys you guys talked about all week long because it's like all across the board, stuff like that. It just makes me laugh. It's funny too, because like there's, there's sometimes where I think we'll, we'll like show some of the fab wins and like, you know, Weimer, of course, this is just fitting because it's like him getting Bo Bichette in the third round of our DC. He just gets all the, all the values that just never exist to me. And he got Michael Harris last year for $5 in bed. The, the, the lowest amount in the main event, you know, just like, oh, maybe I'll get him at five. And he, of course, of course he got him. But he was one of those guys too where it's like, oh man, you know, I didn't bid on him, you know, because we have like, because it, again, it's all team contextual too, you know. You may need something totally different than the other, the other guy. No doubt about it. All right. Now we're going to, if it hasn't been fun enough yet, and you want to get me to get real goofy and stupid, here we are. When I was making the outline on Wednesday night, I'm like, I've had Rob on. I talked to Rob a lot. I could talk to Rob about a million things. Let's have some fun with this. I love Italian food. I don't know if you guys know, Rob knows a little thing about Italian, anything, just a little bit, just throwing it out there. <laughs> and so I have a list of Italian foods. I like. I even went on Google to see if I missed anything. Like <laughs> I, I, I did the basics. I wanted to see if there was anything unique because I want Rob to give me what fantasy baseball player, baseball player in general for fantasy purposes, best resembles this type of Italian food. <laughs> like you're not going to get this anywhere else, people. You're not going to get this. I guarantee you. This is like literally first take. ESPN has nothing else to do. Stuff. I got you. And I don't watch ESPN, so sorry. Who does? Um, yeah, exactly. So I'm just you, this is the kind of stuff you get on your raw, raw drive to work in the morning stuff. But I know Rob will have fun with it. That's why I did this. If I wouldn't just do this to anybody, I'm not going to ask you know Phil to tell you his greatest poutine recipes. We're not going to go there. I, I respect that. So Rob, 
we'll start with the basics. If you want to pass on any of these, because some of these might just be so dumb, they're not worth talking about, buy just listed stuff. We'll start with what every American will know because they're a bunch of dummies that don't understand real Italian food, what their mom, their mom can make for them. Spaghetti and meatballs. If you want just spaghetti, you can. Go spaghetti and meatballs, you can. I almost kept it separate because I figured you'd have fun with meatballs in general. Uh, because I love when you call someone a meatball. It's I laugh every <laughs> single time you freaking do it. It's amazing. Um, but we're gonna start spaghetti and meatballs. What you got? Um. So I think I'm gonna go Mike Trout. Okay. Because and the reasoning would be like I think that's probably the most common dish you know that most of us would have and they just feel like he's the most talked about player year in and year out and just in terms of i guess his longevity too and just like his he's just easy to go to and 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 talk about you know where we value my trout this year and like oh where we have nice spaghetti and meatballs so that's where that's that's the first thing that popped in my brain when i thought about that this is perfect. This is what this is all about. Yeah. I love it. This is it's just to have fun and it makes total sense. And yeah, I have no rhyme or reason to any of these. I'm just I'm just enjoying this. <laughs> um, one that I enjoy is a good fettuccine Alfredo. You get a little different noodle, you get that white cream sauce, and then throw a little grilled chicken on there if you want. I know Rob's not he's more of a vegetarian of the world, so he'll just have the fettuccine Alfredo. But there's many ways to go about it, and you know, go to wherever, wherever Italian place you go to, they mix it all up. Who would be your fettuccine Alfredo? It's almost like the rich man's spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> Not kind of bold. Uh, kind of. <laughs> yeah. So this is an interesting one because obviously, like, like you mentioned, it's a super creamy res- recipe. You know, it's heavy Parmesan, heavy, heavy cream and all that. And Yeah. I, I I have to you know I don't I know you mentioned like I'm a vegetarian I really don't even do a lot of dairy either sometimes if my mother makes something that has it you know but it's definitely no dead animals but it's hard because you know it's so heavy parmesan and that yeah. oh man so, so I'm gonna go I think I think I think this one was like I was thinking Kyle Tucker ooh yeah. Cause he's just like, might be the guy like out of that first group of players that go in the top, you know, six, seven ish. That is like the different dish. The like, yeah, yeah. He might be the guy that, you know, can be maybe the best player out of them all. But we're just, we're just always going, you know, meatballs and spaghetti that we don't go enough. Fettuccine Alfredo. I like it. This is good. Um, we're going to get to one of your favorites coming up. I know you talk about two from now a lot, but we're going to go to chicken parm first. This mm-hmm. is the one that if any, you know, West Coaster goes to the New York, New Jersey area and you walk into a little Italian deli and they're sitting there, I want the chicken parm because that's what everyone talks about. Um, and you probably don't even know what it looks like. Just, you know, that's what it talks about. <laughs> um, it's, it's, a, it's a good, it's a more of, I guess, a meatier dish if you don't like it. want just a standard pasta dish, per se. It comes with pasta usually, but I'm just saying in general. So chicken parm, who would be your chicken parm? So I guess to me, when I used to have them, it would be like something I could order without thinking. Mm-hmm. That 
when you didn't really know what you were in the mood for, I'll just get a chicken parm. Yep. And I feel like that's Trey Turner. Beautiful. He's just like that comfort kind of food that you need that, you know, won't disappoint, you know, doesn't have a lot of variants. Like you can't mess up chicken parm, you know? Very true. So, and I think that's Trey Turner. You can't go wrong with him. He's not going to mess you up. I like this a lot. Now, one that I know you enjoy, you talked about your mom makes a great eggplant parm and some other ones that you're a big, big fan of. So this is one I think you, this is one I think you want to hit a home run with, I'm guessing, because this is one you really enjoy. So give me your eggplant parm. So this is, I don't know if you're going to accept this, but I didn't pick a player, but okay. I picked a certain kind of player. Okay. This is when you want to diversify. When like you've done a lot of drafts yeah, or you've just been eating a lot a of meat yep. and you just say, I'm going to go eggplant. The, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't need something heavy. Let me just get the eggplant. I like and I think lot. that's your diversification player. When you're like, I have all of this player. Now I need this one. That's good. I like that a lot. Like, see, this is why I knew I could do this. Rob is acceptable? Actual okay. spot in this. I'm like, right. yeah, it's acceptable. It's like, there's logic behind it. There's no <laughs> wrong. There's no wrong answers here. There's no wrong answers. Um, no, we just went from uh, something not as as, as uh, thick and like you know, whole. Let's go to one that's thick and whole. The lasagna. And you usually can get you know a three to four layer lasagna. You can get crazy with it. You can get all kinds of different meats in it. You can do no meats in it. You can. There's tons of ways to have lasagna. Depends on how you want it. But regardless, it's a whole lot of pasta, a whole lot of sauce, and a whole lot of cheese before you put anything else in there. So who is your lasagna? <sighs> so my lasagna is Juan Soto and it's Juan Soto because with lasagna, it gets a lot of hype, you know, but it can be very wrong and produce not a good situation. (laughs) So I think that's the Juan Soto. I think Juan Soto Mm -hmm. gets a lot of hype and it doesn't give you a lot back. And if it's great, it's supposed to be great, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's not, it's 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 ugh, big difference. So like my that. lasagna is Juan Soto. That's beautiful. <laughs> uh, that's really good. Um, I wrote a bunch of pizzas down. Do you want to do just pizza in general, or do you want to go one by one? It's up to you. I'll give you the floor on this one. Well, I had one to add before we do pizza. Okay, that's, what do you, what do you that's the meatball palm. Okay, right. I, when you when you were talking about these earlier, I was thinking like a meatball parm, meatball parm sub, something like that. I was thinking, yeah. Okay, meatball parm. What do you got? Because I call a lot of people meatballs. I know and, that's why. I and, love and, it. and 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 <laughs> also too, I don't want anyone to think that it it's always a bad thing. Like it can be in terms of endearment too. That's why you know? I love it with you because I know you're a sarcastic person like I am. So when you say it sometimes, I'm in my head trying to think, okay, is he really <laughs> like where's he going with this? Because yeah. I know I could see it going both directions right now. Yeah. Like, like, someone posted the draft with the names on it, you know, mm-hmm. and someone was like, "Hey, the next time you might want to, you know, not put that." And they're like, "Oh yeah, I didn't realize that." And I wrote, "Yeah, that's a meatball move," because that is a meatball move. But maybe he didn't know it was a meatball move, you know. But you can also say, you know, you could say it in a nice way, "Hey, meatballs," like, you know, "Hey, friend." But the meatball palm is one definitely too. As if I mean, if I say you're a meatball parmesan, you're not good. Meatball can be good. Meatball Parmesan can't be good. But so the meatball parm is basically all over the place. 
especially if you get like just like a, a very sloppy inside, you know, and it's just it 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 just crumbled meat. It's just mutts everywhere, and it could be over mutts. If it's over mutts, it's not good. But then sometimes you even get like the hard bread mm-hmm. with the soft inside, and you go bite, and it's just oh, like explodes yeah. out, you know. And and so for me, the meatball palm is always all over the place, mm-hmm. and that would be like. A multi-eligibility player <laughs> but you have you know so there's different meatball parms though like you could have the willie castro who's all over the place and he stinks mm-hmm. right or you could have max muncie where he gives yeah. you two or three spots and he gives you that punch that like that satisfactory meal so good meatball parm is a good multi-eligibility player like that bad meatball palm is like a led miss diaz or willie castro <laughs> or jace peterson just for you scott yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh that's so good that was one of the better thought out answers i've heard in a long time for any <laughs> podcast i'm telling you that was beautiful beautiful <laughs> oh man uh, yep. wow. i don't even i don't even know if i want to go on any farther. that was perfect um, yeah i mean well we can end it there because i really didn't get any i i didn't get the pizza i spent okay. so much time on the other yeah. food yeah, no problem we can stop there so, yeah, so yeah we'll call it good there because that was that was outstanding absolutely outstanding um yeah that went better than i thought because I, I, I didn't know what to expect i was just having fun with it that was beautiful the no only fun. other thing i was thinking like italian ice or italian coffee would be like one of them was going to be my Vinny Pascantino. Okay. Like, I, was, I, was, I was trying to go somewhere that would get you some Vinny P, maybe some yeah. Pete Alonzo somewhere, something somewhere that would get some of your boys out. That's what I was hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. Pete, Pete Alonzo could probably be the cheese pizza now that we're thinking about it. You know, he's the big, <laughs> big lovable guy. The meat lover. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or yeah. The meat lover, the big, big yeah, actually, yeah. The big Pete. Yeah. yeah. The meat lover. Big, is big meat Pete, the polar bear. Yep. Yeah. Big yeah. Meat Pete. Yeah, he might even be the meat and the veggies, you know, like yeah. that huge comp because he's the just a combination thing. of everything. Um, and Vinny P, I was gonna say, like Italian, like an espresso, um, or or an Italian ice, Italian ice because he's just like a refreshing personality yeah. and refreshing guy to see on Twitter. He's hysterical, oh, yes. and that. also he's like an espresso, he's like a shot, he's like a shot yeah. in the arm of everything <laughs> of 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 dud there's yeah. a, there's just a lot of dud personalities in yep. baseball yep. and it's sad to say but like they're just they're not into marketing themselves or doing you know fun things and he's just so refreshing to see this kid loving life you know going to italy playing for team italy you know yep. being you know you see when he posted on Twitter the sign outside the the bistro that said Italian breakfast. Italian breakfast this is yeah. what it really is, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, he gets it. He freaking gets it. He really it's does. Beautiful. He, it's yeah. Beautiful. Yep. Well, yeah. He's a phenomenal follow. So absolutely, Sweet. that worked out really well. I liked that a lot. Might have to use that for some other people at some other time. I don't know when. I don't know when, but I might have a different. I might start putting games at the end of these. Just have some fun and, to mix it up a little bit. Definitely um, is, man. Yeah, just something different. We all, we all, a lot of us do a lot of the same stuff on every show. Like, let's have a little fun with this. Um, I do have one listener question for you. From okay, Z- from Zaddy Guerrero Jr. Mm, okay, most improbable buy low that you believe in. Ooh, most improbable. What does improbable mean again? Like it probably won't happen. Like you, like you don't see it happening. It's like it's such a long shot. 
Oh, so it's such a long shot. Okay, that's the way I would describe it. Because I got some best of the English language, right? Right. Because I mean, there's some bylaws that I definitely do believe in. Um, Let's see. Let's see. I'm just gonna hit the ADP ADP real quick. Like six hundred. That's good. Improbable bylaws. Hmm. So we're coming off someone with a, I guess, a bad season from last year, or just a like maybe a miss. Misadjusted price. Um, I'd say either or is fine. Like sometimes buy low means coming off a bad season, or like a guy that you know. I'm not saying Indy Rodriguez is an example, but he's not projected to start the year with the team. It's so a tough pick. Do you buy, but it's something like that, man. Yeah, yeah. That's that. Yeah, that's actually. I guess Mike Soroka a buy low, but you're not really buying low on him. Like he's no, had limited at bats. <laughs> yeah, like I think Mike, like Mike Mike Soroka is not a guy I'm, I'm, I'm saying, but he's picked five sixty coming off his injuries. Could be a buy low, never know. Right. Yeah, I, I need to dig into more on that, but like something like that, probably. Um. Okay, let's see. Oh, I got it. Alex Kurloff. I, like I know a lot of people believe in his power. Maybe they consider, or maybe this is the misperception of a lot of things, but they might consider him a buy low at three twenty eight, um, ADP in the last. Um, couple of draft champions. Um, I don't see it. I just don't see it. He's 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 the wrist. You know, I guess the capital won't hurt you too much, so it's a good upshot play. But to me, I just don't see his wrist being able to withstand what he needs to withstand to play a lot of baseball. Because that seems to be the problem. It always yep, it's the same injury over and over again. It's the same injury over and over again. So, mm-hmm. me realistically, I don't see that being a thing that would happen. You yeah. know, uh, to like be effective. You know, like uh, I mean, I don't know. So in that area, you can get Isaac Perez, you know, Wilmer Flores, Eduardo Escobar. Not the greatest. Tommy Pham, Yo Yandy Diaz every day over him. Um, so it's not a ton of like concrete options, but I don't, I really don't see him seeing the field enough that I would want to take the shot here. Maybe 450, 500, mm-hmm. I'll go there, you know? Yeah, here, here's a couple names I want to throw out. They're just coming off bad seasons, not so much injury situations, but literally past pick 600 right now. And they're still projected to start and potentially hit in the middle of their team's orders, which is people we kind of like to target in these drafts, Rob. Just throwing it out there. Um, Josh Donaldson was horrible last year. But he's Vegan. Still, there you go. And he's, there you go. And he's still starting at third base for now for the Yankees. And he's going at 606 in December. And another one that I was all over last year. So I have like PTSD. But then I see his ADP of 630. Jonathan Scope. I know Detroit sucks. Don't get me wrong. I'm just like throwing names out. Mm, These guys are going to start. Mm. These guys are going to start. And they were once pretty reliable fantasy guys. So I'm not saying run out and draft them, but guys I'd at least kind of potentially keep an eye on. So yeah, uh, I'd, have, um, I'd, have dig, I'd have to dig in deeper on that, but there's definitely some options back there. Which is, I, I see um, Donaldson in the last, what am I looking at here? The last five weeks? I'm looking over. I'm looking at the month of December on DCs. Month and and he's what number? Six oh six. Really? ADP six oh six. That's crazy. 
yeah, that's why it stood out to me. Like, I know he was bad last year, but 606 to me is still way too – like, in that lineup, he's like – Why do I see 406? What am I looking at that's different? Uh, you're probably looking at the left-handed column there. Or, yeah, yeah, you're on the left side. Where did I go? Um, I'm doing – I'm doing – let me go back to the top of my page here. I'm doing draft champions from December 1st to December 28th. Yeah, I see Josh Donaldson at 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 three ninety eight. I don't know what you're on because I'm at six oh six. What? <laughs> yeah, That's I'm not bullshit. <laughs> no, because I just finished the draft. Now, and... now I'm confused. Yeah, ADP AAV in that column it says six oh six. Do you have it on all drafts or is it just no, draft just champions? draft champions? That's why I'm confused now because of what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, it's really it's really interesting. That's why when I saw that number there, I was like, that's freaking a little bit wild for me. It's right behind Domingo Herman and in front of Ellie De La Cruz. Yeah, not I I'll let me refresh my page because if we're that far I apart, just put it I'm... I I put mine in the chat link. See see if that brings it up as what I'm looking at. Okay, let me check it out. Cause... I see eight drafts. Is that what you see too is the number of picks? Eight drafts? In mine, there are what the hell? No, mine says 165 drafts. Yeah, that's, so that's, my thing must be wrong because it says draft champions right here. So let's just move it through things around. Yeah, I think that's how you got to lock out of it. You got to like, yeah, I smoothed around. Now I have eight drafts. Now I'll probably have right what you're yeah. saying. Okay. Yeah, 398.7. I was like, man, I just finished the draft. And if he was at 606, okay. I think yeah, it was 606. Been. I'm like, that's not right. Like, that's, I'm glad this is why we talk about these folks. Because yeah. so four is, is, is interesting too, man. I mean, still is. yeah, he still has viability there. Definitely has viability there because, uh, I mean, look at all the other question marks, you know, and it, just depends where you are with offense, you know. But it's like right there. Do you, if you need a third baseman, you have Donaldson or Heimer Candelario. Like, yeah, or you know, <laughs> Brett Beatty's going there still. Like, yeah, Ramon Urias going a little bit for him, even. Yeah, it's what, um. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely. He's still. He's still. He still catches my eye. You know, 100%. when I'm looking. Yeah, yeah. He's still. He's still an option there. Um. Especially, you know, depending which way you went with third base, but also to like it gets to that point where all corners start doing, you know, dwindling. Well, and, you and know, these DCs, he can be your second or hopefully by then your third third baseman, which is a great option to have if he does, you know, get that maybe twenty five home run upside, thirty home run guy again. That's freaking awesome. That yeah, point. like Bryce Terang is going yeah. a couple picks after him, and he hasn't played a game in the majors. Yep, on a team that. That's a lot of platooning. Lot so, of so I'm pretty interested in that. You know, like uh, in in honestly, I, I like Enrique Hernandez too at that spot. Yep. Four or five. Another guy that should be playing almost every day, if not every day, for the Red Sox. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think a lot of the draw last year for me with him, I love the profile, but uh, you know, him leading off was a big draw. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he ever gets back to that, but if he does. It would be nice too if he still had the two B O F, you know. That's a yeah, that'd be tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so nice with that, you know. But he'll gain it. You know, I think he'll gain it. I think he will. The only way he might not, and I kind of hope he doesn't, is I'm a big believer in um, Arroyo, Christian Arroyo. I like him playing every day. When he got to play, he was actually pretty productive. And you can get him 
insanely late right now. Uh, I just yeah. drafted him in a 50. He's going to pick 500 right now. Like that's a dude that literally, unless something happens, he'll get to play most of the time in second base of the Red Sox, yep. which is another one. Again, your third, maybe fourth second baseman if you're getting real frisky. That's not a bad fallback plan either. So, yeah. But yeah, I, with, I, with, with Masakata with Masa coming over or, um, to Boston, I don't know if Enrique makes it back up there. That's going to be interesting. Unless they move Trevor to third and Devers to fourth in the lineup, that's an option as well. Yeah. Huh. Definitely. But Devers is going to be gone. <laughs> yeah, the world is burning if you read everything the Red Sox say right now. So yeah, I mean, yeah. there's 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 no I, I, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes, and the writing's on the wall. Like they yeah. they're not trying to be great well, with yeah. with spending money to keep people around. And if I'm him, I'm like, well, if I sign to stay here, like, what are they going to do? Am I just going to be the only guy? Well, you know? he, really, he really needs to read the writing on the wall because it sounds like there's more than just financial things in Boston. That's a problem right now because reports are that Boston offered Eovaldi three years in the same AAV. He said, nah, I'll go to Texas for two. He wanted out. He wanted out. That tells me a lot. He like he won a title in Boston. When they, he was beloved in Boston to be like, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore. Might be more going on than just money. Yeah. Unless Texas, like, hey, listen, we, you know, we, we don't want to give up our draft pick for you, but, um, yeah. you know, if you really want us to screw them, yeah, <laughs> come on down. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like what Texas is doing. They're, they're yeah, not win, I mean, how can you not? The right? It's they're just, trying. They're trying. Yeah, they're, yeah. Making, they're, they're making a formidable team. A lot of injury risk. But they're spending money. Like, they, no one should be talking crap on that. Like, I, lo- I, I like what they're doing over there. Me too. And you know what? Like the Grom Heaney. Um, the solid, man. they, they have their question marks, but also if they, they pitch depth. enough, and then you plug in Dunning, Otto, Otto and and, and Spencer Odorizzi's Howard, maybe like, I'm not an Odorizzi fan, but they got him. He can get Odorizzi his... too. So yeah. they have. I think they did a good job of doing that. They got some guys yeah. that can, and like Otto and Dunning, they'll keep you in the game if they got to make spot starts. Like I rostered them every yeah. last year. At certain yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they're decent enough to throw in there. It's great depth, and like you said, Odorizzi too can be a swing guy. So they're prepared to like influx possible IL stints, and maybe it maybe it's not even IL stints. Maybe it's just strictly load management. You know, maybe they have an approach with the Grom and Heaney that says, "Hey, listen, yeah. this is like this is how we're going to weave you through the season. Give us one fifty, we'll work the rest of it out." Yeah, even one thirty. Like, yep. you know, if you if you can have the Grom throw one thirty of his best, or try to peel it back to get to one sixty, maybe they were like, you know what, we'll take your best one twenty, one thirty. We'll work around that. We'll get some pitching depth. We'll give you. Maybe we'll skip some starts, or maybe you'll, you know, take some time off for two weeks. Who knows? You know, hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. I like. What, yeah, any team that tries and just yep. they're, you know, they're trying something. You know, so you can't knock that. So your boy's gonna sign Correa or what? I, I mean, I think it sounds like they're gonna end up working something out. I mean, I, so too. I mean, I. You know, you. I saw the thing in the athletic about him saying his leg. You know, the one time he said his ankle, he felt like the plate was vibrating. Anything, anybody who has plates inside them can tell you that. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. Were they not able to get insurance on that part of his leg? I have no idea. But he seems fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. 
I guess maybe there's just what I'm guessing is there's just a certain age where that might or a time from the surgery that that might get worse. But I don't know. It seems like they both really want each other, you know, Yeah. and I think it'll work itself out like that. I, I would I'm hoping it works out and that he, you know, is not injured in the future, obviously, but I like his overall attitude and approach for the game like even with this cheating stuff you know like he was he handled himself really good he got emotional for, but like not not a bad emotional you know you see like how how he thought like nobody thought they were good because they were doing that one thing yeah. like oh without this they suck and like the Barry it, Bonds argument I give all the time it's so, hard not to yeah. just say those things and still be like in the good light of the public and um, even when he doubled down on himself. And I think I was really impressed with him in the postseason when he was on MLB. He's a very cerebral guy. And he, like, he, he, he looks at stuff we're looking at. Like, he's looking at OPS versus lefties versus righties, chase rate. Like, he was bringing that up, like, really seamlessly and easy. And I was like, oh, this he's on it, you know? And I like that. I think that that's part of the good part of the Mets is that they're really getting better at that part, the analytics and um player performance and and i think he would be he's a good new york fit like i don't think yeah. he'll he's not going to crumble from pressure 100%. and it's important yeah yeah it's a good fit third base it just makes that team even deeper so and he oh. said something interesting too like or boris was like you know he was actually um thinking about making a move to third so he can put on more weight because he hasn't been able to train, you know, like to put on, you know, you know to gain strength because he wanted to stay flexible at short. It makes sense. You saw what A-Rod did. Steroid or yeah. no steroids. Got a lot bigger over there. So Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of you sense. Know, be interesting to see what happens. But overall works out. Again, they're too. They're, they're having fun. And, you know, being a Met fan is <laughs> I, I retweeted something like a lineup from like six years ago. You know, and it's like, this is why we get excited over things because six years ago, like we had Brandon Nimmo bat in seventh and a bunch of duds in there, like just straight up duds. And it's like, this is, it's exciting that they're making all this noise and Steve Cohen what, is not ruining baseball. That's what I, was saying, I was saying with the guilds and like he said, the Yankees fans, my guys are complaining. I said, you guys have witnessed it forever. You guys have gone through all the shit. Like you guys yeah. are allowed to have some fun. Anybody in baseball should have some fun when their team's trying to do this. Like if if you're mad about this, it's because you're just being a hater. So stop and go away. Like enjoy. Yeah. You, you just wish your team did this. Let's put it that way. So yeah, just like we all wish we could build our own fantasy team. That's the yeah, of it. right. And 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 they've also in the position to. You know, they still have Alvarez. They still have Beatty, you know, so they still have yeah. these. What, what are they going to do with Beatty, though? Like, if you get Correa to play third base, one of your top prospects is a third baseman. You got to yeah. trade him now, right? I mean, if it if it's a huge land, then it's something I'm sure they'll they'll think about. Maybe they'll have There's a hole in the middle of the season. Right like, maybe they'll play it, you know, but I don't know. I, I like the team as constructed. Um you know, I especially love like the Martes and the Connors because they're just gritty guys who are just good ball players. Great depth. And 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 they're not the 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 focal of the team. And a lot of those good Yankee teams were like that, where you had these, you know, the six seven hitters would just mash like just really hurt you in the lineup if you slept on them. 
And I like that they're in that part of the lineup. And maybe Beatty can just, you know, maybe they keep him in the minors for a little bit. And maybe, you know, I, I think he, I think it would be ideal to have more AAA time for him. And maybe there's a need, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Correa gets hurt, <laughs> unfortunately. Right. Or, 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 or maybe Eduardo Escobar isn't holding yeah. his, you know, like leg and, you know, like um, just not holding up his end. And, and maybe Beatty could play a little second spell calls a third for a couple of games or, you know, I don't know, or maybe he then he has the ability to play the, an outfield spot. I feel like with a, a good young player like that, if they could work him into the team too, without feeling any pressure, you know, like last year they brought up Alvarez when they were struggling and poor kid, you know, he had to, the same thing with the Yankees, young kids, you know, they were up by like what, 15 games and they could have brought them up slowly and been ready but then they went into a slump and, and they were in trouble. And, and then they called them up and they were like, hey, save us. You know, yeah. like the Braves did it right. They bring up their kids young. They give them a shot. Yep. Playoff times, they're tested, you know. So, um, but I feel like Beatty would just get a shot all the way around the team. Think of like it's, it's a good chip to have if something catastrophic yeah. happens. But I'd like to see him involved with the team in multiple spots and, you know, and bring them up that way. For sure. Well, Rob, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Yeah, man. Always always a pleasure chatting. I could have kept going, but I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Apologies for everyone. I know I talk too much. Bubba asked me a question, and we just go sideways. That's what I love talking with. Like, I tell everybody, everybody, like, I I love, I put outlines together. I love it. I don't have to follow them. So we hit (laughs) most of the buttons, but we didn't follow them in order. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So that's the beauty of it. Uh, I love chatting with you. Um, Amen. Before we head out of here, plug all your stuff. You have a bunch. Your your content's amazing, so uh, plug it. Plug away. Yeah, man. Um, you can check out my uh, podcast, the Pull Hitter Podcast. Um, my last episode, I was able to get on the second highest um, earner in um, NFBC history. Who's won five out of the last six diamond auctions, which are ten thousand buy-in leagues, Jesus. seventy thousand for the prize. So he's won five of the last six years. Super duper auction though. Um, if anyone does want to get in some auctions this year, it would be a great, great pod to listen to. He he lays down a lot of great stuff. And um, I'm hoping to do some more auction um strategy this year and more auction pods. I feel like there's not a lot not, out there. And, not enough. Yeah, it's not enough. And especially since I'm gonna get into them more. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, help me, help everybody else too. Um yeah, I've been doing some, you know, some pods with Ryan Roof, good friend of your pod awesome, as well. He's amazing. I'm, yeah, glad, he's, I'm glad you do it because I, I mentioned something that you said on the show that I want to echo when he was on mine that people needed to realize he's more than just a relief pitcher guy. I he's, say it all the time. I know. When you said yeah. it, I'm like, it's so yeah. true. And people yeah. need to realize. Like, I, I even told him, I said, like, every year I have him on to do the bullpen thing like we did a few weeks ago. But I told him flat out, I'm like, you're coming back on and we're doing nothing but everything but bullpens. So people yeah. don't understand you know what you're doing. Like, you are very good at this. He's so, good. He's yeah. super good. And, you know, like, he's just so – he's such a good person, too. Yeah. Like, he, I'm, I, I don't know if he'll get mad at me, but he, he'll just randomly send out a text and be like, uh-huh. hey, man, I appreciate what you're doing. You know, like, thank you for doing these pods. And just, like, out of nowhere, he's just so kind and yep, um, super, super awesome guy, you know. And – um he's just good on the whim too mm-hmm. i'll text him in the morning and be like hey you got any free time in the afternoon and yep. and we don't have an outline but we're just like let's go with the, the free agent signings and yep. um so 
And um, yeah, so I'll um, I had one with Eno Saris and DVR too. That was a lot of very fun. Good, very good episode. Yeah, yeah. So, and um, I got plenty, you know, plenty planned in the future. Definitely want to get that whole super crew you were talking about, the Silver Modica Vlad. I'd like to get them on at once. Um, that'll be a blast. And um, got one with Sean Childs who's in the NFPC Hall of Fame scheduled for February. So, you know, just keep bringing in the usual suspect too. I'll, I'll usually try to round up. Johnny Palsma, he's a great, he's a great guest. He is a great person too. Um, Yeah, you know, so I like the familiar faces um, because it's people I often talk to. So it's so easy like this. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then I also enjoy meeting new people. And um, yeah, so again, I'll just be grabbing some, you know, have uh, the historical pages on the NFBC and kind of just, you know, have a little fond of looking at like the last two or three years see who's been successful and trying to give people a voice you know to talk about like what they've been doing well and uh that's my that's my favorite part is reaching out to maybe people who are kind of unsuspecting like you want to talk to me and like yeah i do like you know i could yeah i could see the records i could see the standings you're doing really good I you wonder know, how and, you got there yeah yeah <laughs> especially like like you mentioned some people do well and like different formats and different formats and and um so yeah like once i think the ocs start getting a little warmed up and i'm ready for to get into those i'll i'm gonna try to get on a, you know a couple of the guys that came in the top just like you had guilds on who won the overall you know try to get him on and um griffin banger who had a couple teams in the top 10 and just you know just to i like to see what people like what worked for people in, mm-hmm. in certain formats and try to have some type of uh but I also want to, you know, get involved in, like I said, more auction stuff and maybe even some more um, dynasty and keeper stuff too, like as extra stuff because I really enjoy those leagues, you know. And um, it's 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 such a great part. I know it's it, it's hard to hit because everyone has different rules, you know, in yeah. those leagues. But it's it's um it's awesome, you know. I love that whole style looking ahead into the future but yeah so that's that's what i got going on and um yeah just um really awesome to have the time to get to chat with you again brother it's always uh, my friend always always great always great hope everyone found some some actionable stuff in here and and some laughs too because like you said it's 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 good to break it up with uh with stuff and um we we all do shows we all do a lot of serious what's not serious but serious kind of structured content but I think laughter is a good medicine once in a while. It so. really is. It really is. And even when I have some questions for people as well, and it's just like, I tell myself too, like um, if I'm catch myself looking at like what maybe I want to ask next, but you know, cause we actually have to keep the show moving along. But if you stop listening to the person, you know, mm-hmm. and there's You're that, that interaction nugget. stops, it just sounds, yeah. you know, I listen to some where it's just like, Okay, you just moved on. This person just said something that actually you can uh-huh. ask them a question and get more value out of it, but you're so headstrong on moving to that next thing. So that's why maybe you know this podcast and my podcast go a little longer because I love that element of it. You know, I think that's the best part of it. Hundred percent. It's the. So I tell people is that if I never had to use an outline again, I'd be happy. I do it more just in case we need some structure in our show. Right. <laughs> but um, in re- in reality, I, any I'd rather have anything organic wise or the best podcasts out there. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I, that's why I usually I have paper by me. I tell people I listen to you talking, and I'll write like little like one word notes. Like I want to come back to that. You just said right there. Yeah, I want to come back to that. <laughs> right. So and then stuff like that, especially when it's strategy and loose base. You know, like because if obviously if I had you on my pod and I I wanted to do like an ADP battle, I wouldn't yeah. like three hours ahead of time say here the 10 players i want to talk about you know because you need time and you need to have some sort of you know obviously we know the player pool well but like Mm -hmm. when i get ready for something like that i'm digging into the players but when when it's stuff that we could just like talk about you don't need to have a list exactly like you said just a couple of bullet points and you know that's why i'll write my docs every now and then and then i'll be like this is way too much. <laughs> my brain just doesn't stop. You just have to let it come out, like in the like in the midst of it, you know. Yeah. So, most thanks, Bubba. No problem. We'll wrap it up there. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter at Dead Pull Hitter and follow the Pull Hitter podcast. One of the better ones out there for sure. But until next time, this was Bench with Bubba, episode five thirty one with the one, the only Rob DiPietro. Catch y'all later. to 25 times your money this football season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry it's as easy as that if you have the skills you can turn ten dollars into 250 dollars with just a few taps easy gameplay quick withdrawals and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app ready to test your skills join the prize picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up right now prize picks will match your first deposit up to 100 just visit prizepicks.com get 100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.